Good afternoon, good evening, good Monday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of The Sea Report. I'm your host, Mr. C, otherwise known as Michael Aaron Costas, and this guy here, well, that's Java. <laughs> Java! All right, ladies up, and everybody? gentlemen, <laughs> how is everyone doing on this fair Monday? May 16th, 2022. If you couldn't tell, Java and myself are already having a festive afternoon. And uh, yeah, we're ready and we're rip-roaring uh, to get into uh, this week and uh, get it over with. Right, Java? <laughs> oh, yeah. The old eclipse last night, potent one. Yeah, I, you were telling me about that. I, I just about slipped through the whole thing and I still managed to miss it. <laughs> yeah so uh, a potent eclipse they say um were there any forbearance of good or bad news that came with this eclipse that you're aware of mr java was it was it perhaps um, um i was gonna say is it perhaps no, a, like uh, i haven't heard anything crazy well there was those uh the mass shooting yesterday but Mm. The and weekend the was crazy. The weekend was yeah. crazy, right? Uh, we had we had two shootings, didn't we? We had mm -hmm. one in Buffalo, New York, and one in Milwaukee or somewhere in Wisconsin. Uh, and then in California as well. Oh, dang! There were three shootings, or was is it? No, it had to have been Buffalo, New York. There's not a Buffalo, California, is there? <laughs> no, no. There's three. Dang! It was in okay. California. There was a shooting at a church yesterday. Oh my goodness. So, all right. So we have, uh, I, I mean, I was thinking maybe this blood red moon or whatever was more like uh, symbolic of the red wave that's coming in November. But, uh, well, you know, I guess they'll shed their blood where they can. Yeah, I mean, that's a good outlook, though. I mean, it's supposed to be red October, right? Yeah, red October, the hunt for it, man, the hunt for it. So... <laughs> Anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys are doing great tonight. I hope you guys had a nice uh, lunar eclipse last night. Hopefully uh, nothing crazy happened in your neck of the woods. You know, I mean, on my end, it's probably just been more technical difficulties, but that probably doesn't have much to do with the blood red moon or whatever. It, was, it wasn't like a super blood red cornfolio hunter moon. Or, it was just like a lunar eclipse or. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just making sure. A, a, to a total lunar eclipse. So you can see the. Um the entire moon being blacked out. Sometimes we'll get like just a portion of it blacked out. Mm -hmm. But this, it was the angle of the shadow of the earth onto the moon. Wow. Totally. And the cool thing about a, a lunar eclipse is it takes several hours for the, you could see it creep in and then more and then more and then boom. Mm -hmm. And then it takes a few hours. A solar eclipse is really fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was, it was the great conjunction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's cool. That's cool. I wish I had um, seen it, but um, the pictures I saw were fabulous. Mm -hmm. uh, well, guys, you know, we're back again for another week here to give you guys news, headlines, and all of the good stuff in between. Um, you know, Java is joining me tonight because we both had the opportunity to um, visit, hang out, attend uh, the American Freedom Tour this past Saturday over in Austin, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, um, it was uh, President Trump and his uh, and his posse 
And uh, it was a pretty good event, wouldn't you say, Java? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, everyone there was very happy and like just really nice and stoked to be there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now the uh, the concessions uh, oh, array Lord. and design was a, a hot mess. <laughs> Yeah, 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 like one food spot, like the, the lunch break, you have one food place and you have 8,000 people trying to go to the one place. And that was mm -hmm. catastrophic. Yeah. But yeah, the speakers and the whole overall event was amazing and really wonderful to be a part of. It was, yeah, it was phenomenal to be there. It was, it, it was not what I was expecting it to be like, but it was still really good. You know what I mean? Like, um it was it was an absolute pleasure honestly but yes that concession stand thing like you know i don't understand what was going on with that they had one vendor and one like four foot refrigerated section with sandwiches and salads and when it was gone it was gone <laughs> like they could have really capitalized on that and uh i don't know i, would I mean i'm surprised that out of all the food array going on in austin that they only had the one pizza thing. Yeah. Do, what do you mystery. think that was about, Java? Do you think that was bad planning, or do you think that everyone was like, uh, I don't know, like boycotting this event? And they didn't. Want I to mean, Austin is very blue, but I would think that somebody would want to capitalize on eight thousand people. I mean, yeah, I maybe they thought no one was going to show up. Like, <laughs> boy, I mean, there was a very weak uh, protest of it. <laughs> you mean uh, you mean a weak protest on the part of the uh, the people in the, the audience wanting better food, or the ones, the ones that were outside allegedly? <laughs> yeah, the alleged outside ones. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, at this concurrent with this event going on in the convention center, we had this protest at the Capitol, um, about ten blocks away from the convention center. Yep. That was a um, pro Roe versus Wade uh, crowd, like freaking out about the abortion topic. Pro baby killers. Uh, uh, yes. And approximately about a thousand of them. Although the pictures, as you were saying, show <laughs> yeah, significantly yeah. less. They said a thousand. I saw like a hundred or less. <laughs> Maybe throughout the day it was a thousand. <laughs> Yeah, through cumulatively, not the same time. And uh, supposedly they were supposed to go from the Capitol mm -hmm. and march over to the convention center in time for uh, President Trump to speak. <laughs> First of all, and, they woke up late. <laughs> I mean, we're talking, he spoke like five or six o'clock. 5.30, I believe, is when he started. Yeah, he went on He went on late. So, you know, and then this other, this other protest was in the heat of the day. We're talking Texas. Mm -hmm. Like, we're edging on summer here because summer starts early in Texas. And with the humidity, it's well over 100 here on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> you expect yeah. these people that are quite robust size, <laughs> freaking out having an emotional tantrum at the capitol 
Like really, they're going to march 10 blocks. Yeah. I mean, if they're not robust, they're malnourished and they already expended all their energy, right? <laughs> yeah, they burned every calorie they had. Mm -hmm. And so, and besides us in the convention, we're so far in the interior in a certain mm -hmm. room that we were well insulated from any protests. Like I had no idea they were going on. Yep. And I went outdoors at the end of the event looking to see if anyone was still out there. <laughs> looking was, for a fight. Ah, just kidding. <laughs> some. And there Something. was nobody. There was just people all happy from the um convention, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. being nice, laughing. <laughs> there was no protest. Yeah, it was a, it was a great experience, and yeah, they I mean it, they would have if they had shown up in the morning when people were waiting in line to go in, maybe. But I mean, no Antifa, no BLMer, no one who wants to kill babies is going to wake up that early to go protest. I mean, being, we're talking being paid. You know, <laughs> the doors open at seven fifteen a.m. Uh huh. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to be up. You know. F Donald Trump or something, and no, yeah. there was nothing. There was just people oh, high fiving, and then. we had the one person remember, like when it was like well after the event had ended, and we were like a few blocks down, and this one girl with a very self-satisfied grin drove by in her Prius with her windows down, with a song that said "F Donald Trump" or that rap song about. She was like, I was like, you know, you just harassed all of those prom kids over there. Like, they had nothing to do with this event. <laughs> well, we're talking several blocks from the event and an several. hour and an hour after the event was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we She's didn't like, even, we don't look like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we weren't wearing I mean, anything that said we, we, weren't, we weren't wearing our red, white, and blue, ladies and gentlemen, nor do we have our Donald Trump flag capes on either. You know, we saved that for inside the event. <laughs> Dude, yeah, there was a lot of cape wearers in there. It was there awesome. were, there were. At first, I thought I was overdressed when I when we first pulled up, you know, to get there. <laughs> no, and and because you know, I was like, oh, this, they said this business is casual. Huh? It that. did, you know, but there was a lot of jeans, there was a lot of t-shirts, there was a lot of uh, capes and flags and other patriotic, patriotic regalia. People were full-on wearing any kind, any way you could shape or form a flag. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, sir. I thought I was, I almost thought for a minute I was going to a UT tailgate, but, <laughs> you know, but a, a much more acceptable yeah. crowd, you know what I mean? So. But everybody, the uh, speakers were mm -hmm. phenomenal. They were, I was so uplifted and so inspired by the end of that. Absolutely. Yep. The speakers were great. And actually we are going to, we are going to, we are going to treat you guys to some more information about those speakers a little later on tonight. Uh, because I mean, first of all, the uh, programs, the websites, everything said that there was no video or audio recording allowed. Maybe they just meant we couldn't broadcast, you know, but uh, I, I was able to get actually quite a bit of footage. Not everyone, not everything, not completely, uh, but we're definitely going to be sharing some of that with you guys tonight. And you know, we'll give you guys kind of a rundown on uh, we'll do a recap, right? We'll do a recap of the uh of the speakers in just a bit, you know, but um, just uh, just um, having been able to be in attendance there, you know, like for me, it was like the second time I've seen President Trump and 
Um, I didn't do a whole lot of rallies like uh, the whole time. I mean, you know, I saw Ron Paul speak one time. Uh, I went to a whole bunch of like um, protests back when I was anti-establishment. And, you know, I still am, which is just the weirdest thing. Right. It's the weirdest thing. But um, uh, an event like that, you know, that's set up like with all the speakers. I mean, I would admit for those of you who um, might be wondering, I would say. Uh, the closest thing I could compare it to is kind of like, you know, like the uh, the Clay Clark type of um, tours that are going on right now or like the Double Down tours. You know, it's like a venue with, you know, a whole like roster of speakers. It's really what it was. And, and even President Trump said, you know, this isn't a rally. Right. He was like, this is uh, this is just a thing that we're doing like <laughs> a tour. So I was like, awesome. You know, it was pretty it was really fun to be there. It was like. It was like a Clay Clark times like a thousand, you know what I mean? Like with all of the production and the size of it, you know, actually I've never been to a Clay Clark to say compared to size, but they do it inside churches, you know, and this was like, I don't know, can they hold 18,000 people at the that church here in San Antonio? I don't know, wherever they did it here. Anyways, that's not the point. The point of the matter is, uh, yeah, um, it, it was a great time though, you know, because we were around a whole bunch of like-minded people, all patriots, all America first uh, individuals, uh, family, um, all ages. There are actually a lot of young people there, and I'm not saying yeah, that's that was older. fantastic. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of young, young people. I mean, we're talking like uh, Generation Z, you know. Um, if not, yeah. Well, I don't think we have any alphas yet, but uh, yeah, you know. So it was a it was a great time. It was a really great time, and uh, well, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be sharing a bunch of that with you guys in a sec. Just real quick, let's give a quick rundown to those who are hanging out. Uh, thank you so much for popping on in. We had Aurelius Locke in the house, Miss Tam Growl. Yeah, Tam Growl says, um, what did Tam Growl? Don't you have pics or vids to share? <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, indeed. And uh, I actually have more posted at my um, Truth Social account as well. So if you have not... Uh, uh, found me at on Truth Social. It is at MRCTV for Truth Social, um, and you you can get a whole lot more stuff there. And uh, yeah, but we're gonna do some vids tonight. I'm gonna show you guys some videos that I took, and we'll go with that. Real and on. Good evening. Thanks for donating 117 gold pills. And creative writer. Good evening. Thanks for gifting the cookie. And Tam Growl's tossing the cookie this way too. Thank you so much, guys. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. You don't want to really toss too many cookies. Yeah, I know. Tossing one's cookies isn't always a good thing, right? Yeah, it's not always a good thing, at least uh, anyways. Uh, in the in the, uh, in the vernacular. But, uh, okay, so, you know, we had this thing going on this weekend, right? Um, and then apparently, I guess, people were just super busy this weekend, just, you know, shooting up a whole bunch of uh, places. I mean, you know, what is up with that? You know, like, I mean, I guess we could expect it, you know, Java. Um but but man, that seems kind of extreme. Like the one I think that happened in Wisconsin, it was at a, a game, I think a baseball game maybe. Um, and mm. there was like nine separate shooting events, apparently at that time. It, yeah, it was like, it wasn't like just like a shooter and like people died or whatever. It was like, it, it was in the area, but it was like nine different people, I think, were arrested or something like that. It was like, that's weird. Like, uh, it, they're really either, I don't know. I mean, false flag, false flag comes to mind. I know the one that was in Buffalo, New York, they said it was like a, um, they said it was like a, I guess, a white supremacist, right? Uh, who left um, 
um, a manifesto behind that had to deal with, you know, the, I guess the, the minority status of the white people or something like that. I don't, I haven't honestly read into oh, yeah. it. But... The thing is that all of his social media and everything turned out that he was a, a leftist mm-hmm. globalist. <laughs> wow. Well, that makes sense, right? And so, no, that was just strictly what the media tried to, they, it all, that narrative actually already imploded of them. Did trying it? to That's good. As a, um, you know, white supremacist or whatever, because he was actually a leftist. He was anti-Trump and anti all kinds of stuff. Like mm-hmm. on his all, and then they're trying to scrub his social media, I believe. But uh, wow, well, his narrative on top of that. But the thing is, is, though, he fits the same um, the lone gunman uh, motif that they've been. That's the exact same cookie cutter motif they've used over and over and over and over again for. Mm-hmm more than a decade i believe mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you have the one person they happen to have something going on with their brain you know mm-hmm. and they're they're prescribed ssris yeah, like all yeah. Of them, every single one ssris they all end up having like the same similar gear like the um the same kind of vest the same a lot yeah. of them have the same or similar types of rifles and everything. Mm-hmm. And then that now I don't, he didn't kill himself, but a, a lot of them we've seen in the past several years that they all have that, but then they, you know, shoot a bunch of people then shoot themselves supposedly. And, and they've been playing too much call of duty and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you That's know, what and, I hear, you know, like, it's so to me and they're all oh and they're all on a watch list already oh wow wow everything everything by uh i'm sorry no it's okay i apologize i was just gonna say but then it just so happens that you know a certain percentage of them also have family that either works in the federal government or their father is like i don't know you know some type of an agent or officer or something like that well which would land to the um programming the mk ultra style uh mm. if not directly that within that that family of programming because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it, it even like in the um like the globalist families they start when the people are uh young yeah started yeah. with that so it makes sense if they were already known to you know fbi and whatnot uh Man, Young, but all, like they they've all are even this one the current one the um, buffalo one was on the watch list already for wow. a lot for two years that's insane and so, so I don't know. where do they get the equipment and were they you know under a lot of uh psychological conversations mm-hmm. with individuals from those organizations yeah uh tam girl says how many of these shooters see psychologists how many cia fbi uh parade as child psychologists exactly good question good question well i'm glad you had a handle on that one java because generally speaking i really don't cover shootings here at the sea report you know what i mean like we we already know kind of what the ploy is you know it's it's just um 
it's to grab the guns, of course, you know, it's it's to push that entire agenda forward. And then, of course, you know, uh, the violence, you know, I mean, enough people will be covering it, et cetera. But uh, I'm glad to hear that the story, the narrative that they're trying to push out there has been debunked because last I heard a lot of people were making a big deal about the fact that I think it was like a, a Candace Owens tweet or something like that. And everyone was reacting to it, of course, saying, oh, you're just exploiting the situation to uh, to prove a point to a, your base or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, no, like even the, a lot of the um, mainstream, the globalist media, a lot of those have had to just back off from it and admit that, oh, well, <laughs> you know, it's it's always yeah, it's mm -hmm. always their people. It's always their people. They want it to be us. They want it to be, uh, you know, patriot people. They want it to be, you know, make America great again. They want it to be Trump supporters. They want us to be dark MAGA. You know, like if we hadn't debunked dark MAGA, like it probably would have been just that. They were like dark MAGA. They probably would have written it all over his little coloring book too. You know, like. Well, that's the thing is that the, every time they've tried to do this. I would I would even say like that Patriot Front group was an attempt. Right back. We're back. I think we're back. We both froze Java just so you know. Oh, we did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, I'll see if I can't see what's happening in the replay. But what, what were you saying right after that? Because you froze. And I, I don't know oh. if I froze too. <laughs> I'm saying that uh, even with uh, the Patriot Front, and a lot of groups that they've, it's like they've tried to implicate. The only thing, that, like the, the uh, America First types, the mm -hmm. one that they sort of like, not fully got away with, I would say, but advanced on was the um, prisoners that are still locked up from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from the sixth of January. Mm -hmm. I wonder why they haven't been able to crack that one. You know, it's like with the um, the Oath Keepers, for example, like they had um, video evidence that the Oath Keepers were assisting cops. And so that officially that effectively broke down their narrative that the Oath Keepers were there to, like, kill the cops, you know. So I, I, I didn't follow that, but I think that they were able to kind of get themselves out of that, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, you know, like, I mean they just want us to they just want us to uh to get violent guys that's why i always shut that crap down as soon as i hear it you know uh whether it's with um a well like if if it's within the parameters of a show you know if it's in the audience you know i'll shut that down if it's uh if it's a, a co-host or yes i will shut that down because i don't want them saying that uh the c report or mr c inspired people to violence hell no like that's not the, that is not the point of this entire thing you know but uh, but I will tell you one thing for sure, uh, Java. I will take ultra maga over dark maga any day. So yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was a little uh about it at first, but you know, if it's good enough for the president, it's good enough for me. So I mean, this this reminds me of Voltron, where you just all the different fat parts of it all come together into this one potent. Thing, you know <laughs> that's what i was saying about john durham since no one can find john durham i was like when five maga attorneys combine they form the john durham <laughs> anyways yeah yeah the punisher is in the house and anyway, we're not talking about durham today i know that michael sussman had his trial today of course that's uh hillary clinton's former lawyer 
uh, formerly of Perkins Coie. Uh, we'll probably catch up with that tomorrow because, you know, after all, I mean, probably the trial ended like not too long ago. So all the news will start coming in about it. Um, I guess actually it, they say Cash Patel is actually like doing like live updates on his Truth Social about that. So I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to my Truth Social today. I apologize. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's all good and well. But anyhow, so, uh, oh, but with that, uh, with that Milwaukee shooter, 24 wounded, three killed in nine separate shootings in the Milwaukee, in Milwaukee following the Bucks Celtics game on uh, game six on Friday. So that was on Friday. Wow. And then the one in California and the one in, in uh, New York. Oh, man. Man, it must have been and the blood. Not to mention uh, what happened in Chicago as well. You mean like on the regular? No, just kidding. What I know. And <laughs> it is on the regular. That's the disturbing thing. But yeah. on Beetlejuice's watch in the park, I believe there was a lot of people there. And there was a big brawl and shootings. Was, and the police were there. And I think it was that was related to the, the abortion rallies and stuff, right? Or I don't know. There was like a lot of there was live music too or some djs or something too so i think there was oh okay i see i see well you know hey no violence in texas ladies and gentlemen we <laughs> we uh we made it through that through the weekend pretty fine i'd say safe and sound so uh god bless we just you know? people you know standing there with lame signs yelling or whatever but it was mm -hmm. no violence as far as protests go nope none whatsoever so all in all, a successful weekend for us, Java, but uh, I guess for the rest of the world, not quite so. Not quite so, uh, but anyhow. And, so. and this is around the same time of year that the um, Floyd thing happened. Oh. So like the end of May, right? You know, the middle of May, end of May, around mm -hmm. the same time. So it seems like they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're it's, what is it? the bandwagon. For, yeah, what do they uh, call it? The summer, summer. The, the the summer of rage or whatever. Like they're 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 already trying to get the ball rolling on it, you know. Yeah. Oh goodness. Oh goodness. Well, I guess we'll have to see exactly uh, how the rest of this um, the rest of this summer is going to go. Java, you know. I mean, maybe this is their last uh, last ditch effort to stop what's coming. Seems like it. Definitely does seem like it. Definitely does seem like it. Uh, let's see who we got in the audience real quick before we jump into tonight's, to tonight's report. Uh, we'll be doing, um, of course, a recap of the uh, American um, uh, Freedom Tour. And then as well, we'll talk something. We'll talk a little bit about 2000 Mules. I think there's some stuff that is merit, merited about talking. And not to mention, we actually got to see Desh, Dinesh D'Souza speaking, mm. which was great. It was it was great. He brought up some finer points to um you know the debunking of stuff and that's the part that i really that's the part that I, I was hoping he would do yeah and i'm glad he did guys so if you haven't heard it yet we'll just wait just a second more and we'll get right to it um a slug trail good evening welcome into the show disco ball chaser good evening and thanks for dropping the links over there in the chat room uh let's see here what else do we got here uh wait uh didn't the Biden administration just allow 100,000 Ukrainians into the country? Expect more of this BS they've already framed as anti-Second Amendment. You know the thing about, and this is actually, Slug Troll makes a good point about this because whenever they were bringing in all of the um, Afghanistan refugees, and I might add, on the way home from Austin, uh, you know, uh, we took a lift home. 
And uh, the guy was kind of like apprehensive about driving from Austin, San Antonio, didn't speak very well English. I was just dead tired and just, you know, doing my, my truth social stuff and getting the videos and pictures and stuff like that. So finally, when we get to San Antonio, I start to have a conversation with a man. He's act, he was actually from Afghanistan. And so I was like, oh, well, how long have you been here? And he's like, uh, six or eight months. And I was like, that's about the time that we had the uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan, right? So uh, as it turns out, he, he was actually a refugee from Afghanistan because his father wa- worked in the military and they had to leave the country. It was like, very, it was very dangerous. And I'm sitting there thinking like, you are a freaking terrorist. No, just kidding. I mean, no, he was a night. He was very nice. Right. But, you know, uh, it, he said he was obligated to drive um, for Lyft. And that's what he had to do here in the States since he was a refugee, I guess. And, um, you know, I asked him what he did in Afghanistan. And he said that he worked with the, the uh, United States military, et cetera. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, probably not driving a car, right? Anyway, so that was really interesting. Um, it was, you know, that's the second time I've run into someone from, um, you know, the Middle East uh, who's a driver, um, who worked with the military, had like the last person I spoke with um, worked with the, the government and I think was um, some kind of a financial accountant for them or something like that. He had to come over here. He wasn't from Afghanistan. I think he was from like, uh, where did he say he was from? I think he was from Iran, maybe somewhere over there. But um, yeah, that was that was really interesting. Uh, speaking speaking of Slug Trail's comment, um the thing with the Ukrainians and the refugees, um, Java, is that my my main thought has been that when they're bringing in U- Ukrainians, refugees, they're actually providing the escape route for the Nazis over there. You know, like they're bringing them over here. We've done it before with Project Paperclip. So. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they're looking for a way out for them because basically they, they are destroyed uh, re- regardless of what the uh, legacy media tells you. Um, which is also something interesting too, but I mean, we'll get to that when we talk about the American freedom tour, but like, you know, just, uh, uh, the perspectives that, you know, your leaders have on certain things that you know, that they should know better than, you know, but anyways, not, I'm not referring to president Trump, obviously president Trump, I think has actually been pretty neutral by saying things like Putin wouldn't have done that if I were in the office, but he's not saying, you know, Putin, this Putin, that, and Zelensky, this and Zelensky, that, you know, anyways, we'll talk about that later, but yeah. Uh, Slug Trail, I wouldn't doubt that those 100,000 Ukrainians in this country are probably, uh, some of them are probably some of the Nazis, just they're, they're getting escaped. Uh, they're trying to get out before, before the real shit goes down over there. Yeah, before they get uh, executed. Mm, exactly. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we also got, um, a, it's a, who's this? Dr. Hoffman. Good evening, Dr. Welcome to the show. I don't think I've seen you in the audience before. I hope you're doing well. And uh, DPatriot1776, good to see you, hun. Glad to have you with us tonight. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And uh, I think we're square. We already know what they're going to do. Let me guess. There's going to be a bunch of gun-related incidents. How surprising. Hey, Mr. C, Slug Trail says. Exactly. You know, if it's not going to be one of these Afghani uh, um, um, uh, refugees, it's going to be a Ukrainian. And you know what the thing about is that the Ukrainians fit the Nazi white supremacist bill perfectly because they are. 
I've seen video, I've seen videos of them, and it says white. They have white power tattooed on like their calves and their 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 yeah, shoulders, like on their body and stuff. Yeah, like white power, like you know, like praise whitey. I mean, literally tattooed, like like it's fashionable. Okay, so uh, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it, Java. They'll just make an entire profile for him that says he's a Trump supporter, and as long as the carcass says white power on it, they've got their man. I tell you, what are they gonna Photoshop a MAGA hat onto him? Yeah, I, they'll probably lay it on the corpse. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean like if he's like, eh, right? <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna change his like, I don't know, his Ukrainian camo into like, I don't know, camo is I guess the same internationally, but that doesn't matter. Okay, Slug Trail, thanks for the cookie. All right, okay, guys, we gotta hop into today's report. Uh, we're gonna start with a statement from President Trump. As per the usual, uh, oh, wow, we shrank pretty quickly. Um, okay, so let's see what we got from President. There is the president. I just saw you on Saturday, Press. How you doing? I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing good, President. Okay, so uh, here's our statement from President Trump for the day. We only have one, uh, and it is an endorsement of uh-huh. guess who? Well, it's one Doug Mastriano, governor of Pennsylvania. All right. Well, this was a long time coming, but I suppose it had to be this way, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, the statement goes this way. Uh, there is no one in Pennsylvania who has done more or fought harder for election integrity than State Senator Doug Mastriano. He has revealed the deceit, corruption, and outright theft of the 2020 presidential election and will do something about it. He will also fight violent crime, strengthen our borders, protect life, defend our under siege second amendment and help our military and our vets. He is a fighter like few others and has been with me right from the beginning. And now I have an obligation to be with him. Doug Mastriano and Dr. Mahmet Oz will make an unbe- will make an unbeatable team going into the most uh, important midterm election in the history of our country. Yes guys, we know we know the finer points of that statement will get right to it, okay? They will fight, they will win and they will produce for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and for the USA itself. I have fully endorsed Oz And now it is my great honor to give my complete and total endorsement to a man who will never let you down, Doug Mastriano, for governor of Pennsylvania. So the where'd you go? Okay, there you are. The first thing I would say, Java, is that it's interesting, but I mean, it's it's to be expected. The the really really strong. America first and strong on election integrity candidates, super strong. They are leading like no others in this race. And of course, I'm referring to one Doug Mastriano and also Carrie Lake as well. Like their lead in the polls are very impressive. Doug Mastriano taking it by two digits, like 20 points plus, like as far as taking a lead in the governor's uh, for the governor's primary. And then of course, uh, we have Carrie Lake, who uh, I think the last time I heard, she uh, her lead was um, was bigger than all of her opponents combined in the GOP nomination. Like, 
that much distance has been put between them. And, you know, uh, do you guys think that it may have something to do with President Trump's endorsement? I'm not diminishing his endorsement by any means. Or do you think maybe it might have to do with the fact that the people are awake and they are paying attention and uh, they are they are choosing those which they know represents them the best? What do you think, Java? I mean, I think that, yes, definitely that's the case. Like, it took a while for people to find the ground and uh, to go for what they truly, you know, stand for without, mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning, we we went with a lot of his endorsements and like with Mr. McConnell and stuff, we could obviously mm -hmm. see that it did not <laughs> work yeah. out that, that greatly. And so people have been uh, investigating stuff and standing right with what they believe in yep. with more with more fortitude than ever before, I think. I, and, I, I and the fact that and we're realizing that there's more people around us that have that same vein of fortitude. And uh, I think that like an example of um, Kathy Barnett, people are definitely going for that regardless of any endorsement. Yep. Yep. And you know, and in the same, the same would hold true for Doug Mastriano because he was in that deep even before president Trump gave him that endorsement. And that really does speak a lot about um, the, like you said, the fortitude, the integrity that people are having, that they're doing their research. They're not just taking who, who they're not just taking whomever, regardless of who it is that's offering the endorsement or making the suggestion or recommendation. They are standing up for whom they feel best represents them, you know, and it's not lost. I mean, I don't know if it's lost on President Trump, but, you know, it's not lost on me and I, I'm many members of our audience that, you know, Doug Mastriano has, in fact, endorsed Kathy Barnett as well. You know, so what, you know, to me, it's like, what is really going on here? Because, you know, uh, I don't, I mean, I feel like this is playing out the way it needs to play out. Um, and I say that because also, if you think about it, like, according to Rhino Jake Corman, and you guys know, I love talking about rhinos, um, President Trump actually encouraged Corman to stay in the race. Now, I don't remember ever reading that anywhere, but according to Jake Corman, President Trump told him, you should stay in the race for governor and you should fight. Um, and so Jake Corman did when he was going to pull out probably like, I don't know, a month or two ago. Um, so that makes me kind of wonder, like, um, do you think if Corman had done any better in polling that Trump would have endorsed him over Mastriano? Or do you think that there was a method to the madness and... I don't know, like, I, do you know, am I, am I giving President Trump too much credit? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, the, the interesting thing is, like, there's people that he deals with all mm -hmm. the time right? and in different areas, aspects of life that he doesn't necessarily like, but he's kind of nice, diplomatic in what he says about mm -hmm. them, unless they really, <laughs> you know, you know, are affrontive, and then he'll yeah. throw in his uh, name. He'll create names for him. You know, yeah. sleepy this or dumb this or crazy this. You or know what I mean? This, yeah, yeah. So watermelon head this or that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of the obvious uh, characters that are have risen in, as a opposition, but mm -hmm. 
some of these people i think he's diplomatic to yeah uh, rather than just like annihilating them but i don't know some of them have made me really wonder like that like the sheriff of uh in nevada yeah and that has still yet to play out but you know i mean if you think about it president trump has uh been a master um uh, he's been a very strategic uh, negotiator um, he's been in TV. He knows what makes good television, right? He knows what drives a good story. Um, he knows what will leave people like hanging on the edge of their seats. Uh, and he knows how to deflect off of other points of view by, you know, basically monopolizing the point of view, which if you think about it, this is what he has done in the Senate race between Mehmet and, uh, you know, Kathy and whomever McCormick, I think is the guy's name, the other one. Uh, so that there's really been no focus, um, you know, on the, for example, could you name one Democrat besides uh, Shapiro that's in this race, right? Um, uh, the whole Pennsylvania race, like no one's even talking about the Democrats. <laughs> right, just the one that got us, got sick. Oh, that's right. Is that the one who, uh, he was the Lieutenant Governor, right? He had a stroke or something like that. Yeah, I don't have his name. Or the flu or something. Yeah, I mean, oh, well, it was, that might have been someone else. That he was like really unhealthy. He was running for Senate. He would have been the uh, Democrat opposition to oh, like huh. Kathy Barnett or whomever. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, so that's it there. And then at the same time, um, it's really kind of building a mythology around it. Could you imagine what it will look like for Kathy Barnett to come out on top um, in spite of or despite however you want to put it um, all the opposition she's faced in the media and, you know, they're coming out yeah. with brand new attacks with her. You know, they, they're really digging into that Twitter feed. Right. And they're looking for as much as they can on her. The latest one is that she's an Islamophobe. OK. And, yeah. Seriously. Because oh, yeah, she said, a, a tweet from 2015 or something. Right. I don't remember exactly what it said. Something. If you hate gays, you're, you're is the you know, something, it says I'm, something about. Um, you do it because I'm gonna like totally like, uh, part of it. it. She said something about the the part of the doctrine of Islam is pedophilia, is what she. There said. we go. There we go. Pedophilia is the cornerstone of Islam, right? Right. From all the gay thing. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Well. Anyways. So, well, you know, um, well, I just I don't have much to say about that. You know, I just I've heard yeah. stories. You know, I've heard about, but it. You know, I it is what it is. So. Yeah. I mean, I've seen. I just cannot remember it at this point, but. Um, you know, um, so yeah, so they're still they're still going at her for that stuff. And then if you can imagine, even with an endorsement for an opponent, um, and also kind of like you know, some shade's been going her way from President Trump as well. Um, she she I mean that's a that's a pretty big mythology, and you know, that could actually empower mm-hmm. her a whole lot more if she gets in, if she gets voted in. Um I, I don't think it would blow up in President Trump's face necessarily. Like, I don't think she would just, then she'd become ultra rhino because he opposed her and then he's the president. You know what I mean? I don't think she would do that. I don't think she would like, you know, be, uh, you know, a grudging, begrudging or anything like that. I, I don't know. I, I've never, I can't even assess her character, to be honest with you guys. But uh, interesting stuff that, interesting stuff that. And then you have uh, Grinnell throwing throwing stuff at her as well and I, I was really surprised about that one you know that is a you know like I, I think I told you on Saturday like I've heard some things about Grinnell that don't add up but 
you know, at the same time, could we possibly also be seeing um, the individuals who are advising President Trump in a bad way, you know, because with Grinnell, for example, it's one thing to tell the president, don't choose this person, don't endorse this person, endorse this person, but then to actually put themselves out there with ammunition and actually firing at the candidate uh, and then exposing... <laughs> You're, if you're going to do it, you're not going to use, you know, cut up clips and things out of context, which is right. exactly what he did. And so that is very disappointing. Um, but I, I've heard, you know, that Grinnell is probably um, genuine. I've heard I've heard things about Grinnell that I didn't want to hear. Like, you know, like like he was a hit at the cocaine-infused geriatric orgies that they have over there for the juniors. <laughs> I'm just playing. I didn't hear that. I am just playing. No, what, Madison? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? There, you know, Madison was supposed to replace him because Rick's just kidding. No, I'm just kidding, guys. I have not heard that, but I mean, you know, stranger things have happened, right? Stranger things have happened. So you never know anymore. Discernment, ladies and gentlemen, discernment. Absolutely, absolutely. People so, that we think are one way for years all of a sudden twist and turn. Yeah, like yeah. OAN, you know? Well, you so. know, I mean, like I said, I'm still giving OAN a little bit of leeway only because um, apparently it was a really massive lawsuit, but it was limited to the Georgia Fulton um, um, uh, election fraud. So that should mean that they should be able to talk about other election fraud as long as they don't talk about Georgia. I would imagine they won't do like all the other networks who got sued by Dominion to not talk about their machines. And then they just dropped the elections altogether and the fraud altogether, you know, which is ridiculous, which tells me that Dominion gave them an easy way out to serve their masters without looking like they're actually, you know, operational and uh, rhinos, you know, basically. Yeah. So, and that stuff happens, you know, like uh, take, for example, like the um, uh, the entire January 6th thing, you know, like all of those patriots there and that false flag that happened made it super easy for the rhinos who say that they're on your side and they're going to oppose the electors and they're going to say something and stop it, gave them a really easy way out to not go through with what they said they were going to do. You know, like uh, Marsha Blackburn is a good example of that. She was like, I will oppose those electors. And then once that happened, she was like, well, because of the riot, I have decided to go ahead and certify illegitimate Joe's presidency. So all these schemes and, and tactics, you know. Right. Well, and then also at that time, there was the Senate, a certain group, like 10 or 12, senators were trying to have a 10-day uh meet you know deliberation and questioning about the electorate votes and they wanted to investigate it for 10 days and delay the 6th until the 16th uh-huh but and pence, that, that would have avoided yeah pence naysayed and uh yep. instead he was like no i have to go campaign for brian kemp yeah yeah, so you know, can't can't delay it, can't delay it. <laughs> Anyhow, guys, so yeah, well, that's interesting, but um, I, I'm pretty happy for Doug Mastriano. I think he definitely deserves it. Uh, he's definitely been the one who's been there um, for election integrity, for the audits, for everything that I've been talking about here at the C Report in regards to Doug Mastriano. I'm, I'm very, very pleased with that. Very, very pleased, Mr. Java. Very, very pleased. 
And the man might not even have needed it, which is a funny thing. So, um, well, sir, let's move on to that American Freedom Tour recap. Uh, I have this little graphic here. Nice. Um, Isn't that fun? Oh, Kevin Sorbo. I forgot about him. Yeah, so uh, we got to hang out with uh, President Trump and his ultra posse on Saturday. Uh, Lineup included those you see here, uh, Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle, Mike Pompeo, which was interesting, uh, Ted Nugent, Kevin Sorbo, Dinesh D'Souza, Sheriff uh, Lamb. Actually, I had no idea who Lamb was, to be honest, guys. And then like a whole bunch of other people, uh, like Mark Burns. Yeah, that was awesome. I really enjoyed Mark Burns. I had a great time with uh, his uh, yep. his um, segment. Mm-hmm. So there was twelve people, not counting the person, the president of American Freedom Tours. He spoke <laughs> a bunch, and there was an MC that spoke a bunch, but there was twelve speakers. I mean, yeah. what a full day! It was a full day, right? And like, I remember we were there in line. I mean, I got that you got there before we did. I found you right away, though. <laughs> I'm easy to spot. <laughs> I was like, that's Java. Like, right while we were pulling up. And um, yeah, and so then, yeah, the, the, it was it was super packed. Although the line, was, it, they were very efficiently moving line until the VIPs came down the golden escalator. Those people. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was, I'm just like, they spent a lot of money for that breakfast, the VIP breakfast or whatever. Yeah. And they got to come down in the escalator and avoid the entire normal line uh-huh. right into the security, the secret service. I'm like, Oh, come on. We, I got here at seven 12 AM mm-hmm. <laughs> and the line was wrapped around the building. Yeah. yeah. Now they're supposed to start this thing at eight 15, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. because of the escalator folks, it didn't start till like eight 45 or eight 50. Yeah. And then on top of having like uh, an additional like what, four or five speakers as what was on the scheduled roster, President Trump didn't take the stage until almost six o'clock, right? It was about 540 or so, but he spoke quite a while. He he definitely, it wasn't just a dip and run. He actually spoke for a pretty good amount of time. Yeah, I would say at at least 45 minutes he spoke for... Although I feel like at the very end of his speech, um, uh, I think he was going to do more. But for some reason, he just cut into the we will make America proud again. And I was like, it was there was a jump there. I don't know. Maybe I was just like jumping in and out of like some different time zone. But like I was just like, I was like, you were going to do more. I could tell. I don't know. Maybe someone like would have. someone probably gave him the. uh, Yeah, he's probably getting the. Wrap it up, Trump. It's already going to be eight o'clock now. <laughs> so that's nice. Wrap yeah. it up. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna bust out the old um, uh, cane on stage move maneuver or whatever. But yeah, so it got started. Yeah, like uh, probably thirty minutes later. I, who knows? By the time we got in, Sheriff Lamb was already speaking, and uh, we had to go get um, our our breakfast pizza and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and then yeah. I would have told, and the I guess the CEO or the president of the uh, entire event, his name was Brian Fonte, right? Uh, or Forte, Brian Forte, which I don't think is a real name, by the way. But I mean, 
I gotta say, when it came to um, lunchtime, um, I really don't think people. I think were being pretty expressive that they didn't like it. Like he was like, "I can't hear you," and I'm like, eh. "Like it was pretty bad." That was. Yeah, he was like, "Did you guys enjoy lunch?" And everyone was like, "No." <laughs> Basically, yeah, they were like, "No." Nah. And, and the thing also was that they were he had a misdirect about where the whole crowd should go. He was like, you go outside and then to the right. And so all these people were leaving the building and they had to go through Secret Service again to get back inside when uh, the concessions were still on the inside. Yeah, that's crazy, right? And then uh, TSA was there. I was not expecting TSA to be there, honestly. I mean, I get it federal, but I guess with the president, they'll bring them in. I was getting like PTSD because I remember all the articles that used to read that used to say the TSA are going to be at the bus stations and TSA are going to be at the train stations. It could just be like Nazi Germany. And I was like, oh, the TSA are here. Anyways, they were nice. They were nice. They were nice. But um, let's get into some of the speakers. So Sheriff Lamb was on the stage when we got on there. Honestly, guys, I didn't get to hear his uh, segment because, again, um, pizza. And uh, it was like. Yeah, it was already it was already running late. Um, when we got into the actual auditorium, uh, it was Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan Patrick was on. So that was another speaker that was not scheduled to speak. Of course, that is the uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Uh, he was the one who was on. I don't I didn't hear what he said either. Did you catch what he was saying? Oh, yeah, he was actually. I like that guy a lot. Yeah, well, he also takes uh, he also takes money from chemical castration pharmaceutical companies, which I found very interesting that President Trump said that Ken Paxton will be investigating these pharmaceutical companies. And I was like, that means they're going to investigate Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and Governor Abbott and also House Speaker Dave Phelan because they all took money from them. And that's why that bill never made it to the floor. Interesting, huh? Wow. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I always thought Lieutenant Dan Patrick was kind of like a goober, you know, but I guess he's maybe he's coming out of a shell or I don't know. Like he always just seemed kind of like, you know, like kind of like a doofus to me. Um, he was but, telling a lot of jokes. He was <laughs> well, the entertainment part down, but yeah, I'm not down for chemical anything. I know. Right. And, you know, and then also um, he is the one. Uh, responsible for all of the Trump endorsements here in Texas. So mm. I guess I could understand why he, obviously he was invited on the stage. Like he said, Trump, you should, here's my list, endorse these people. And then that's why that like that week before the Texas primaries, we had like a list of like 20 or 30 people that president Trump was endorsing. I think it was like 33. I don't know. Because uh, the only ones that are left are the ones that are in the runoff, which is coming up on the 24th. Uh, and, of course, Don Buckingham, she's running for um, Texas Land Commissioner, uh, which, you know, I, for me, I'm still in a toss up between Don Buckingham and Dr. Wesley Martin. I haven't decided who I'm going to vote for in that race yet. Um, who else is? Oh, obviously, Ken Paxton versus um, little baby George Prescott Bush. You know, and um, yeah, I heard I heard Bush's numbers were falling because he is being uh, his his race is being impeded by his family name, which, well, I mean, did he well, was he so narcissistic that he didn't think that was going to be an issue? I mean, seriously, especially being is, called Prescott. I mean, come on. Do you know how narcissistic <laughs> he is? Nazi. 
Like, yeah, yeah. But, but no, you, it's a good thing that you said narcissistic because this guy was so narcissistic that before President Trump doled out his endorsement for that race, he was passing out a bunch of koozies with President Trump on it saying that President Trump endorsed him. That's how narcissistic. He's that self-assured of the Bush family name. He should have stopped that being footage it, from it rolling. It worked well for Jeb. I mean, he didn't go Jeb, anywhere. I mean, come on. This is a son of his former, his of Donald Trump's former competitor, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, that's a doofus. Jeb is a doofus. <laughs> yeah, if there was a doofus, it's Jeb. <laughs> it is definitely Jeb. <laughs> I mean, you think it would have been W from all the stuff he inhaled, but nope. Right. Nope, it's Jeb. <laughs> oh, the question is, what was uh, what was Barbara and uh, and uh, George, George Herbert? What were they inhaling whenever they uh, <laughs> whenever they conceived him? You know, uh, anyhow, yeah, that guy's all gums, just like his uh, his son um, George Prescott Bush. So anyhow, so yeah, so we had him, and then after that was Dinesh D'Souza. Mm -hmm. You know, I was surprised he was on so early, but yeah, he was on like nine. 30 or something in the morning yeah must must have been to uh, like burn all that energy from that breakfast they had or whatever it must have, must have been what it was for but uh um Dinesh gave a really good a really good speech um and i really appreciated that uh he talked about some of the finer um points uh that is to say um refuting the debunkers right uh because there's so many debunking going on right now but apparently they're all wrong I mean, he went further into a lot of it, like explaining. So the main, one of the major debunking points is the whole, oh, you could be just driving by the library with the Dropbox and it'll pick you up. But mm -hmm. that was a technology, you know, well over a decade ago. Mm -hmm. Now the geolocation is down to, he, I believe he said 18 inches. Yep. 12 to 18 inches. So, yeah, he had said that Justice Roberts um, made this analogy. He said that geo tracking is so efficient these days that it is equivalent to wearing an ankle monitor. It's that right. accurate. Yep. Um, so, yeah, within within a foot, if not closer. Um, so that was that was great. You know, uh, again, he said that, like you said, um, a lot of these debunkers are running off of uh, geo-tracking data from like 2008 or earlier, right? Where there could be no real, no real uh, way to be certain. Uh, I was listening to a an interview with Catherine Engelbrecht, and they were saying that basically, for the debunkers to be right about geo-tracking being so far. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. 
from $0.99 per month to $4.99 per month to $9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for The Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. Off that uh, the mule would literally have to crash into <laughs> the ballot box <laughs> and then they would have to crash into like the NGO uh, office building and then like be there for a few minutes trying to figure things out. And even then that would not debunk it because they would have to have done that to like 10 more ballot boxes <laughs> and five more NGO offices. I mean, at that, some point, someone's going to prohibit them from driving, <laughs> you know, yeah, so... No. Right. There's no way that that, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so, the thing about that got me when they're about the film itself was how they didn't limit it to two or three drop boxes. They, they, they expanded their initial search was 10 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. drop boxes that these people went to plus more than one, uh, nonprofit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a you smart know, thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they said because they, they were um they were kind of already assessing what the the excuses would be, right? You know, like Dinesh says, uh yeah, some states you can go ahead and pick up your family's ballot, but uh well, why are you gonna stop at ten different drop up boxes just to deliver your family's ballot? And then why are you gonna do that at midnight or three in the morning? Yeah, you three know? in the morning, yeah. Debunk, 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 debunk the debunkers. Um, and then, of course, like they figured if they'd done anything less than 10 or five, uh, they could easily say, oh, well, they stopped to tie their shoe there, you know, and, and then they happened to pass by another ballot drop box. So um, they really did. Uh, they really did. They were very prudent about uh, the type of criteria that they used through the vote did. Um, Greg Phillips, I finally learned his name. And then also Catherine, Catherine Engelbrecht in that regard. So um uh, all in all, it was really good. I was really excited to see Dinesh D'Souza in the flesh, right? Um, I took some video, but it was like very minimal. So I just, you know, don't have it to share. But if you have my truth social at MRCTV, you can check it out there for sure, ladies and gentlemen, um, in that regard. Did you have anything else about Dinesh's that you wanted to mention? Um. Well, the thing was almost distracting with him was, you know, he was walking all over the place, which was awesome because most a lot of speakers do that, but the camera guy just could not keep up. (laughs) And there was this jarring, uh, on all the, there was like six screens because I was so far back that I could see them about an inch tall, but you know, I had to use the screens and he was all over the place, but Mm -hmm. he worked that stage. The camera guy was not prepared for that, but <laughs> I guess he was. I don't know. I mean, I honestly, I was, I was close enough to where it didn't. I didn't notice the pan. Or <laughs> it was bad, but Nash was very on point and very concise, and really, I was glad he got into the minutia of some yeah. of their techniques and whatnot. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. Uh, there was something that he had said that I wrote down. And um, well, well, basically, he said that the Democrats have become like gangsters, right? But then he said, we have to start doing to Democrats what they have been doing to us. 
And I remember when I, I, I heard him say that, I was thinking, well, you know, like we can't fight their fire with their fire. In other words, we're not going to start dropping, you know, a bunch yeah. of unlawful ballots and stuff. You know, and I don't think that that was the point of that statement. But I bring it up because, you know, like, um, for example, uh, the media couldn't get into this event. Right. Uh, they allowed no press and any press that was present had to pay for their tickets. Right. And um, but they, they they have there has been some attacks but not much you know it's it's rather vague from what i understand about um you know uh, the event itself but there was an attack on ted nugent right because i don't remember if you remember when ted nugent said uh to go crazy on their skulls or something like that um you know on the democrat I mean, skulls he was just being rock and roll but yeah well yeah we know that right but they said ted nugent incites violence at um far right wing a uh, rally on saturday in austin and so you know i was thinking about that in context to what dinesh had said you know and i was like i'm sure he didn't mean that he we, we're gonna cheat like the democrats cheat but we need to bring that same energy we need to bring that same engagement we need to bring that same because you know all of these people are operatives um, for the Democrat Party. I think Dinesh also kind of brought up also about how they were Antifa and how they could figure that out, you know, and that was because they had their cell phone ID numbers and obviously they don't have their names. No, that's up to law enforcement. The law enforcement can get it like that, lickety split, you know, right. but um, there was also a point that brought up that like um, the ID number, the ID tracking numbers or the identification numbers, um, if you were to match them up to this data bank that there's a website, I guess, uh, I don't know what it was called, but it was um, it was it was a website that was created to track all of the Antifers and BLMers that rioted in the in the summer last summer. And so what they found was that several of the ID number identification numbers matched the numbers in that database. So they knew that they right. were part some of, of the, some of the mules were at um, Antifa events, basically. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 And they're mobilized and they're energized and they're, they're on the go. And, you know, so I think that's probably what Dinesh <laughs> Souza meant by that, but I mean, they're probably on a mailing list. They get the, they get the memo. <laughs> hey, you want to mm -hmm. subvert, subvert, uh, elections right they're they're on a yeah they're on an app a new job available if i had like a mule a training course or whatever so all you gotta do you gotta bicycle over to this nonprofit. it's a food bank or something pick mm -hmm. up the ballots and go to these 25 drop boxes mm -hmm. yeah 25 plus right Tam Girl says, I bet these people have J6 tracking info as well. Well, you know, that's the other thing about it that was kind of funny is that, you know, they use geotracking to um, to find out who was in the Capitol, right, based on their cell phones. Uh, so that's that's part and parcel about how the government retrieved those uh, particular individuals. And then, of course, some people also say uh, they military uses geotracking to kill people. So... <clears throat> well, that's, are that's true. The irony. That's the irony is that they, the same people that are advocating them utilizing it for uh, January sixth are also saying that it's not effective when it mm -hmm. has to do with a ballot, and it's it's like no, it's the same technology, yep. used in the same way. 
Yeah, you know? it's 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 almost exactly like the my body my choice abortion slash jab you know thing that they do. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. They it's a cognitive dissonance. It's like no, but it's mm -hmm. my choice when it has to do with killing something. Mm -hmm. But it's not your choice if you want to not kill yourself with a shot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like yep. the opposite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just they're they're a contradiction in terms. These people, uh, special patriot seventy two. Good evening. Thanks for dropping the can. He says, Mister C and Java, much love, friends. Good to see you in the audience, and thanks for the donation. Hope you guys are enjoying yourself out there as we do our recap. Uh, so after Dinesh, we had um, a man by the name of Dan Allen on the stage. Do you remember Dan Allen by any chance? Was that the financier? No, 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 no. He was oh, there yeah. in the afternoon. The Actually, I didn't even write that guy's name down. <laughs> uh, Dan Allen was the, uh, he was the Canadian comedian that wanted oh, yeah. to bring back, yeah, humor and sarcasm. Bring back humor. I was, uh, yeah, I really related to that guy, actually. <laughs> he was funny. I mean, I, I enjoyed what he had to say. Um, he wants to bring sarcasm back, right? He wants to bring sarcasm back, so. I mean, he was stuff. all, into that. he was, he didn't quite call it like the parallel culture or whatnot but he was definitely on board with we're creating our own yeah stuff, you know, dropping the legacy media and all mm -hmm. the aspects that we're creating our own and that was a theme too that kind of ran throughout said that as well yep kevin sorbo said that too um, I will say though this, and you guys know I am a bit of I'm a bit anal retentive on certain matters, and I'm a little bit of a purist sometimes. It's my Virgo nature, but um, he did say this. He did say this, and I had to write it down when he said it because it made me feel a certain way. Okay, he said that 84% of the Russians are for the um, are for the war in Ukraine. He said 84% of the Russians are for the war in Ukraine because of misinformation. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I, I am I just being that really bothered me as well. That really you bothered me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so, I mean, you was know, definitely on that whole thing about mm -hmm. uh, this. He was all about. I agree with him on some of the stuff about disinformation, but when he brought that up and saying that, see how easy it is to fall for disinformation, 84% yeah. of the Russian. And I was like, no, they're probably on board because they've seen how the, the food delivered to the Ukrainians and how mm -hmm. you know Ukrainians themselves are being bombed by other Ukrainians. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. You know, even if the, even if they don't understand, but yeah. So, I mean, I have, I have to bring that point out. I have to call him out on that. Uh, because, like, you know, when someone like President Trump says about the Russia situation, the Ukraine, he says uh, it wouldn't have happened if he were a president. But he doesn't say Putin is lying to his people and he's spreading disinformation. Like, I mean, smart for him to take whether he feels like that or not. It, it is what it is. But he doesn't engage in that type of rhetoric, you know, which to me, that's very much um, it's ignorance. You know, I mean. And, you know, this guy may not be as sharp as Sean Hannity. He may not know what's really going on over there, but at the same time, may not want to say anything. And it's funny because, like, I was saying something when he said that. And people around me were kind of looking like, what is this guy saying? Like, 
uh, is this guy a liberal? Like, because uh, like, he's 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 against one of the speakers and what he's saying. Uh, he's, <laughs> is he infiltrating? And uh, but no. But seriously though, I mean, like you guys have followed, um, you know, the Russia information here at the Sea Report. I I would assume that my audience is pretty much versed on what may actually be happening over there as opposed to what the uh, media is telling us. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to give him such a hard time. I just think that he should really, you know, uh, understand the situation if he's going to make a statement like that and not use it as an, ex as an example. Right. So exactly. I was like, really? Uh, you haven't mm -hmm. really studied enough. That's not, <laughs> mm -hmm. there's a lot of disinformation out there. Um, mm -hmm. Like Lauren Bobert really, uh, had a good uh, thing and that she spoke the other day about disinformation. <clears throat> That's totally opposite of what that guy was saying. Yeah. <laughs> was she talking about Russia or? <laughs> no, she was talking about disinformation in general. Someone asked gotcha. her if she believed there was a disinformation problem and then she was like, well, yes, but it's caused by our government and by the media mm -hmm. and people mm -hmm. are leaving it you know she was pretty on point that's cool that's cool yeah it's interesting how when it comes to anything offshores of america people just tend to go with the narrative i'm i'm glad that you caught that too java i thought it was just me uh, no i made me mad i was like what yeah i was with what? him until then <laughs> I was like, if i didn't have, if i wasn't still drinking my coffee i would get up and yell <laughs> <laughs> that's but, crazy yeah so that, that was I was kind of hoping at that point, I was hoping that not all, cause he was very early on. So I was hoping that the rest of the speakers weren't going to go along that lines as well. Yeah. Unfortunately they didn't. So <laughs> unless you cut something I didn't catch, but um, Kevin Sorbo came after uh, Dan Allen. So that was fun. Right. I mean, it was what, Hercules, right? Hercules, Hercules. Um, I didn't realize he was it had been in, in so many different movies. Oh yeah, I, I didn't even yeah me either. <laughs> I thought he was just Hercules. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know he was fun and, and like um, like Dan Allen, he'd mentioned the entire thing about uh, creating our own culture, you know, which is absolutely important. I feel like that's in part like what some of us in like you you having your comedy and. Uh, um, the work that you do in that regard, you know, uh, several of the other people on like Foxhole, for example, are involved in other types of mediums of creativity. You know, I do my writing and whatnot, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that needs to be uh, like that as being a theme of the day. Also, um, just leaving or walking away completely from anything that is establishment, uh, globalist, deep state or legacy, just you know, we don't need to necessarily burn them to the ground. We just need to ignore them and not have any part of them. So this way they will feel it that way. Right, exactly. Like stop financially supporting mm -hmm. these groups mm -hmm. and invest the finances in, uh, you know, culture that we believe in, basically. And um, like the social media platforms, I think, are really to break out and do that, right? Like um, from Rumble to, I mean, Gab, I know there's a bunch of, different like picky things that like when you're talking about like gab and parlor and rumble and all yeah i got so he's the son of a jew or blah 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 you know like stuff like that and it's like really picky 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 but like really they've provided you know like you know uh, homes for patriots regardless of what 
the platform is that definitely has um, kind of quelched some of the influence of the um, of the major social media platforms. platform video platforms like rumble have really kind of taken some of the heat away from like youtube and stuff now is their interface as user-friendly as a youtube maybe not as user-friendly but i mean it's their style it's how they do things and so now we really now that we have these platforms where we can um express ourselves and really even just um we push ourselves or like promote ourselves to a, a wider audience and it's honest and it's truthful uh, maybe from there, you know, like Kevin Sorbo said, he has his own movie production company. Um, and so, like, maybe we can start to get those to grow and to take over, like, the Hollywood studios and stuff like that, the music labels, etc. Right. I could see that happening, actually. Mm -hmm. The music mm -hmm. part really needs to grow. I mean, there's some, there's some, um, and actually some of the people that are more leaning towards, like, a lot of the stuff we all talk about happen to be doing very well in the in the charts and in the public and stuff surprisingly i think that's actually causing a lot of uh people to rethink their ideologies actually mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a it's a brand new world out there ladies and gentlemen new worlds dare i say but yeah most definitely um opportunity is is there and um, the culture is definitely shifting um, that is for sure. So it was pretty cool to hear Kevin Sorbo talk, you know. Um, I hadn't really thought about much about him in the last two decades, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but yeah, because I remember Hercules when I was like a teenager being on the air and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> yeah. So um, after Sorbo, we had a man by the name of um, Ron White. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I was like, Ron White's here, really? <laughs> Dude, I was hoping for some comedy, but uh, right, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be good." I was like, um, "Bust out your beer," and well, actually, he's sober. But you know, anyhow, uh, get ready for some. He was, you know, I don't know if you um, if you've seen any of his recent stuff, and he hasn't really done much, but like he he's in austin he he goes on like joe rogan he goes on kill tony and stuff like that, and I haven't seen kill tony in a minute, but they are very open about talking about these um, unmentionable, you know, um, conspiracy theories, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't, I, I, I try and figure for the life of me if it's just that because they're in Texas, they're running with it, or if they are genuine about it, you know, like um, it, everything from 9-11 to, uh, to COVID, he, he'd be like, wear your stupid masks, you know, <laughs> making fun of the Austin crowd who's liberal and, and, and you know, even even when COVID was happening, they would they would still pick on them for wiping the microphone down and stuff like that. So I don't know, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know some of them are in like the Alex Jones crowd, and I'm not going to make an opinion about that because I like some of these people. But um, uh, very interesting. That's what I was like, wow, Ron, Ron White is going to be here. Well, this is Austin, <laughs> I guess. You know, it could be the Ron White, right? It wasn't. <laughs> it was not. It was not. It I was, was not like, Dang Ron it. White. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was Ron White, the memory guy, is how he's referred to. Oh, yeah. Like, this guy actually holds the world record for, well, he did for a bit, for, the, uh, yeah, for a bit. memorizing yeah. a deck of cards and then repeating it back. Mm hmm. 
That's his claim to fame. Basically. His claim to fame. It wasn't that crazy. I think he said. I was like, really? The memory guy? We're gonna have a ventriloquist next? I uh, right. Well, we do. We did have a very, a very feisty pastor. Next. But um, and that's coming up, guys. But no, yeah, with uh, with Ron White, the memory guy, his thing was um, a deck of cards. Did it in something seconds, like 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 less than half of a minute, right? Like it was it was really short. Still, it was really fast. Yeah, you know, to 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 pick up a deck of cards and then to lay them down again exactly the way that he saw them. So yeah, but you know what was the most I think the admirable thing about him was um, uh, what he's doing now was of course um, um, in in remembrance of in honor of um, those who died in Afghanistan. And so you know now what he does is um, he sets up. I think he said it was like was it a fifty two foot wall. And um, he will write every single name of every American soldier that died in Afghanistan in the order that they perished, right? From the first to the last. Yep. And it was something like 2000. Yeah. yeah. And he writes down their names. He writes down and their, their, rank, their rank and everything. Their rank and their full name. It was 2000. 2401, yeah. I think. I think it was 2401. 20 and yeah who would have thank you disco ball chaser 2401 soldiers um oh i'll i'll i'll, I'll circle back to that circle back key i'll circle back to that disco ball chaser we'll circle back to that i promise okay we'll we'll circle back to that but it was 24 2401 soldiers um who had pair and you know i didn't even realize that that many soldiers died in afghanistan or were killed in Afghanistan, I should say. I mean, it was it was that's over like twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but st that's still a very high that's number. You know, and, and then I just got to say, just as a preface, for Pompeo to just be so proud of the work that they did in Afghanistan after he'd given that speech about those who died, and we all know what the, what was going on. It was needless. You know, it was needless to guard the poppy fields. I mean, come on, okay. So anyways, but but that aside, though, you know, it was a very touching. It was a very touching piece. You know, it was a very touching speech. Um, and it was uh, I, I mean, I was really I really admired him for for what he was doing. And that's um, not just because we got a free lesson, a free courses in um, having a memory like his. I can't no, wait to do it. The whole procedure takes uh, about 12 hours of writing yep. the names. And it was very meaningful for the family members of people that had died they would go and they would look for wait and wait until their child's name was written and it was, it was that was beautiful i thought that yeah. was really awesome yeah it was amazing it was amazing and uh so i was like props to this dude and uh uh he just might be a little bit more important than ron white the comedian so <laughs> don't tell ron why i said that yeah right anyways but yeah i know yeah, it was it was a good it was a great presentation. It was a great presentation and um a uh, very very admirable thing that he's doing for our fallen soldiers in that regard. Um, so uh, Disco Ball reminded us <laughs> about um, Sorbo's meeting of uh, presidents and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, we'll tell the story for him, right? Like, uh, he Obama's the one that he met, and who else did he say that he met? Do you remember who the first one was? I don't think I wrote it down. Um, 
No, I didn't. I don't remember who the first one was. Maybe, maybe Disco Ball does. I obviously don't have a good memory. I haven't taken Ron White's course yet. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't George W. Was it? Oh, was it George W.? Maybe if I remember what he told him. I don't. <laughs> it was a long day. I remember the Obama <laughs> incident. You know, the Obama one was was memorable because. Of, oh yeah. Yeah, it the was, golfing no, was, and all that. Uh, or was it Bill Clinton? It might have been. Bill it, was, it was a comedic thing that he did to him, though. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I could remember the punchline, I could remember who it was he was speaking to, but I cannot even remember the punchline. I remember the Obama one golfing, right? And then he yells through the window, um, uh, 45, 45 or whatever. But then when he actually meets Obama face to face in the gym, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what did he say? Um, he was like, uh, he'd asked, yeah, he told Obama. Handicap or something. That's right. Sure. About what his handicap was when he was golfing and Obama came up with some weird dumb excuse. And then Sor- Sorbo told him, don't lie to me. And, or, or something like that, or like something. And then, and then Obama said to him, I never lie. And I was like, okay, first of all, <laughs> and that's he a said lie. That all politicians lie or whatever. Yeah. And then he put his hand on his shoulder. And he's like, all politicians lie. And they laughed. And then, you know, that was kind of funny. That was kind of funny. <laughs> Anyways, Tim girls like, tell us already. Anyways, okay. <laughs> I can't remember. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't take notes on that one. Okay. Anyways, that was a funny moment, guys. You had to be Kevin Sorbo to get it. Anyways, so you had to be there. Anyways, okay. So or he has a lot of. He's very prolific with his company. Like there's so many projects that he's doing. I was like, oh, like, wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. He's like something like fifty already, right? I was like, I never yeah, watched any of these movies. There's like four of them coming out this year. That yeah. he produced. Do you? I don't. I don't remember the name of his studio, but you guys could look up Kevin Sorbo and support him. <laughs> yeah, it's like it Sorbo Studios. Or... I didn't take notes. I didn't have a note, a notepad or anything. Uh-huh. I was trying to be. They're very. Uh, they're very strict about what you can bring inside this thing. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge list, like no tents. I was like, no tents. No structures. Yeah, no structures. I was like, what? What's the I'm going to totally build a, a mini building, a, a tiny house inside the convention center. Right. I have to take my stairs back outside. Yeah. No balloons. Yeah, no balloons, no structures, no no toasters. I was really shocked. I was like, seriously? I cannot bring my toaster inside? Yeah, I'm going to make my bagels. How am I going to eat a Pop-Tart? Come on. <laughs> too fun, too fun. Um, all right, so guess who's next? Next we had um, Pastor Mark Burns, ladies and gentlemen. Whoops. And um, uh, first impressions? <laughs> what were your first impressions? Oh, I mean, I had seen a clip of him before uh, preaching and stuff. And uh, this was like right after the lunch break, I believe. Yes, it was. And it was, man, he really lit a fire under everybody it was fantastic he was the the one main person pretty much that got that much crowd interaction yeah people standing Um, people cheering like 20 times (laughs) during this thing and you know laughing and it was a whole uh you know it really really uh 
prod of the crowd to uh, get involved with mm -hmm. and he was just his personality itself was mm -hmm. would rock would get anyone excited yeah i i don't know if any of you guys out there in the audience uh know of and or have heard of uh pastor mark burns um i feel like maybe i had heard about him but i'd never or maybe i'd heard him speaking but i didn't know it was him because i kind of remember some of the things but man i had such a good time with pastor mark burns like nobody's business i mean uh, he i mean he can't I'm, I'm like did they put him right after lunch the, this way it would wake people up and they would fall asleep because then they put us to sleep after that with like that finance guy <laughs> that was terrible um, good Lord. I, I actually have video of pastor mark burns guys so we're gonna watch y'all right now and uh, he should have been like right on before President Trump. Like that mm. is he's like the Herald Park, the Herald Angel seems like. So everybody, he was one of the people that um, one of the pastors that regularly prayed with uh, with Trump. Mm -hmm. um, and he was, you know, in the Oval Office praying with them. They would they would meet and talk about a lot of the. Uh, you know, whenever there was something like. He counseled him, not any policy or anything like that, but just, you know, spiritually and emotionally. Spiritual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in that picture when they're all standing around him. But yeah, so that was really interesting. Like this is President Trump's pastor, basically, like yeah. in, in a manner of speaking. So um, it was really it was it was amazing thing to see him. He definitely had the energy, ladies and gentlemen. He had the energy. So, um, well, you want to watch it, uh, Java? Watch that clip. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, guys. So sit back and relax to the cool stylings of Pastor Mark Burns. <laughs> Are you ready to bring Donald J. Trump as the 47th president Somebody shout me. 
the liberal agenda is trying to take God out of every aspect of life. Are you going to sit back, Texas, and let them take our God out of our nation knowing that America was founded on Judeo-Christian principles? This nation is a God nation. If you're standing with me, shout yeah, yeah. We got a dead man walking <laughs> as a president. He's not my president. That's right. I don't know, Texas. You don't sound angry enough, ready to. You, 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 you said the pro listen. The problem is. And I didn't come all the way from the great state of South Carolina to play with you, Texas. I've come ready to declare war on every race, baby. Y'all not talking to me. Any race, baby, Democrat, any liberal that's trying to straighten down the glory of God. If there anybody need the glory of God to shine down here in America, say amen. Amen. Can you hear me all the way in the back, Texas? Can you hear me in the back? We, the problem is we keep electing fake do-nothing Republicans. That's right. Don't know how to fight. That's right. That's right. Save America. That's why God raised up the greatest president in our lifetime, my Y'all not talking. Yeah. You, yeah. 
here in the United States of America. We need to make sure that our women are able to go inside of the women's bathroom without a grown man dressed up like a woman. Trump on the ballot. 
We don't need no more rhinos in the White House. That's right. Texas. No more rhinos. We don't. We don't like Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. Okay, okay. What a <laughs> clip. <laughs> Shut now. Oh man. Unfortunately, we didn't get the full impact of that screen, but amazing. <laughs> I really enjoyed that man. He I mean, really he had some oomph to him. Yeah, so I, you know, whatever. Whatever kind of spirit moves him, I'm for it, right? Uh, I, I apologize that my uh, camera handling is not professional. <laughs> the people were feeling drunk in the audience. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I was definitely well, screaming. I don't know. If I was definitely like a few sections back and could see like all the, all these people in front of me and everything. And Everyone was really into it that That's right awesome. there. They were got fired up. Everyone was standing up all the time and screaming, like standing ovations. Like <laughs> half the stuff he said, that people were just like, Yeah, like going crazy. That was amazing. He was amazing. It was he was just, I don't know. He was a character. I mean, I would definitely go to his church. So <laughs> if he gives that kind of performance every Sunday, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a clip of him the first time I've ever I had ever seen him was recent. It was actually a couple months ago. There's a clip of him going off about how there's really just two genders, and he was going off on the whole thing mm -hmm. and about that being in school and going off on schools for teaching stuff. And I was like, I really like this guy. So I was very excited. It was unannounced that he was yeah, he's not on the list. Totally shocked, and I was very stoked that. He was the post-launch first speaker. But then we had a stock market guy. Yeah, I didn't get his name. And this guy almost talked longer than everybody else. That's the thing. He, I think he did. I think he went for a full hour plus. See, and the thing, okay, so this guy, everybody, was, he was very knowledgeable about his field. Uh -huh. But he would throw just little slight hints about the stuff he knows without ever telling you what he knows and hinting at this website that had all these stock tools but not mentioning the name of the website because at the end it turns out he's selling this course that he wants everyone to go to mm -hmm. and the whole thing was leading and you couldn't have access to this website that he was touting unless you paid a monthly fee and all this mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. i was like man we wasted That's an hour the for a commercial. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, come on. I mean, like, at least the other guy, we got the course for free. He wasn't even right? trying, honestly. I mean, he would have pushed it, but I think they recognized the good work. We're talking about Ron White, the memory guy. I think they realized the good work he was doing. But this this guy, uh, I was just like, ah. 
I mean, there are people that were genuinely, genuinely into it. Obviously, oh, yeah. you know, I just, I'm, sure. no, I have just, no, mm-mm. if it's not he's in my gonna, hand, I don't own it. Had him the, the person right before the lunch, basically. He should have opened the program. No, just kidding. <laughs> he should have been, he should have gone on after Donald Trump when everyone's leading. Uh, just kidding. I didn't get his name. I didn't get his name. But after the sleepy financials guy, we had Mike Pompeo. Oh, yeah. He he reawakened everybody after that. Um, Pompeo? Oh. Or at least, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. at least yeah, people were like, yes, someone <laughs> exciting, someone we want to see talk. Uh, the Pompeo was great, you know. Um, it, it was it was good to hear him speak, you know. Um, I, I, I personally uh, admired Pompeo in the past. Um, I... I and that there's a lot of uh, he said, she said, and then also, you know, patterns of history and uh, patterns of offices of certain agencies who inhabit them history. So those are all things that we have to look at and use discernment with. Correct. Right. And then um, I'm not going to get into it, Java, but just like the uh, financials guy, I will mention there are also, you know, rumors going around about, you know, Pompeo and other people in, in regards to uh, Trump and stuff. And I will leave you all thirsty. And you can uh, you can you can purchase the website later on. Well, I'll give you all the juicy details. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but no, I mean it was it was good to hear Pompeo speaking, and uh, I mean it was uh, it was pretty much on par, I think, with like a Pompeo speech. I just, <laughs> yeah. It was pretty concise. He didn't really go too deeply into yeah. Into no, you know China. Like a, a you quick know. overview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talked about China. He talked about communist. He talked about his family. And stuff like that. And he talked about, you know, um, I guess uh, not giving up and, and continuing to grind and fight for it and stuff like that. So yeah, he was motivating about everyone doing their thing and keeping mm-hmm. keeping forward with it. Yep, yep, yep. So a yeah, very, very Secretary of Stateist type of speech. <laughs> mm-hmm. After Pompeo, we had Ted Nugent. Um, oh, before I forget, guys, um, that clip of Pastor Mark Burns, we watched about 10 minutes of it. I actually, It's actually 30 minutes long. So if you guys want to see the rest of it, I dropped the Rumble link in the chat room. Uh, now with Ted Nugent, I apologize for cutting you off, um, Java. <laughs> no, it's uh-huh. Ted, he really, uh, he took it up another energy level because he brought, brought out his guitar and just started... Mm-hmm. Before he even said anything, he just started just shredding it on the guitar. Yes, it was. And then he did—he uh, did the Star Spangled Banner, which was yes. cool. Yes, I actually recorded that, and uh, you know, I'll be honest. Like, um, I didn't record his speech, and I wish I had. Um, I wish I had, but I was dealing with memory issues. I, I, like, like after Mark Burns's stint, my phone was out of memory. I was like, "What the heck? Like, why? How is my phone out of memory?" And uh, and then also battery issues. So I, and I wanted to get President Trump's and uh, anyhow. But um, yeah, I wish I had gotten a Nugent speech, though. His speech after he played, he shredded the Star Spangled Banner, which I did get that. But his speech after that was it was actually really good. And um, I really liked how it was. Um, it was down to earth, but down to earth um, um value added like you know things that we could do but not like come to this rally and spend thousands of dollars and we need money but more like what you could do mom and dad american joe and pop and joanna pop you know americano like what you can do and he was really focusing on that 
And, and for that, I was like, dang, this was, this was actually a really good speech. It was better than I was expecting it to be. Of course, you know, should never have expectations, you know. And just the, he was, the way that he spoke was very re relatable to people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't talk, he talked with people rather than, you know, down at people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it, it really, he reminds me of a, like a, a younger version of him would <laughs> uh, probably be like Kid Rock in a way. They have like mm -hmm. similar kind of uh, love the country, screw mm -hmm. what people think of us type of attitude, you know? Very rock and roll. <laughs> Very punk. No, just kidding. No, it's rock and roll. It's rock and roll. Uh, but yeah, so there was, that was Pompeo, I mean Pompeo, that was uh, Ted Nugent. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed his speech. The guitar was loud, uh, but I enjoyed the speech very much. Um, Tim Bajet says, unfortunately, Pompeo first and foremost is a CIA spook. You know, and we, we can consider that. And and then, then you need to consider who he's working with right now, if you're going to take that angle. And, uh, and hey, I mean, I really don't have much to say about that either way, but welcome Tim Bajet. Um, and uh, yeah, so after Ted Nugent, we had Kimberly Guilfoyle. I actually do have um, um, a piece that we can play for Miss Guilfoyle if you guys are interested. Now, I mean, I'll be absolutely honest with you guys. I never really paid attention to, you know, Kim and Junior. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, so I mean, but you know, um, she was the only female speaker, which I mean, I wasn't really keeping track, but I noticed it in retrospect. Uh, um, she gave a pretty good speech, you know, I mean, it was, um, I mean, I would say uh, well rehearsed with a need of more rehearsal, but like good either way. <laughs> I mean, if she is a, a media personality, her history was, didn't she do news? Um, I believe so. She was an anchor person and then she's a lawyer also, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know how she and uh, Junior hooked up. Um, but yeah, you know, I have no idea. I just, it's, been for a while. it's been for a while. Yeah. Yeah. They're engaged by now, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they're married, but they are engaged. I didn't know he had five children. Yeah, nor did I, but he mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. That's like, what he oh, said. really? Five? Five children. All right. Go Junior. <laughs> Carrying on that Trump lineage. Anyhow, well, I guess we'll listen to a few minutes of Mrs. Gil, or uh, rather Kimberly Guilfoyle's, well, yeah, Miss, Miss Guilfoyle's um, uh, speech here. Um, and then uh, we'll, 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 get, we'll catch up with you guys on the flip side of this. So just hang tight, y'all. Many have said, quote, this would never have happened under Donald Trump. People called us crazy during the 2020 election. President Trump warned us that Joe Biden would be a disaster for this country. Say it with me. Trump was right. Inflation, gas prices, shortages. We don't even have time to rattle off the entire list. But I think it's safe to say we were better off with President Trump, and thank you, President Trump. Let's look at the record. Under President Trump, the economy performed at record high levels. President Trump delivered the lowest unemployment rate in half a century. Even in a once in a hundred year pandemic, President Trump
his team devoted their efforts to cutting regulation, working with business leaders to reopen the economy, cut red tape, encouraging job production right here at home and inspiring long-term confidence in our economy to give investors and business owners what they needed to hire, to grow, and to thrive. At the Economic Club in New York, President Trump predicted that Joe Biden, quote, the policies of the left would unleash an economic disaster of epic proportions. Trump was right. Biden is asleep at the wheel and he's driven us off a fiscal cliff. Let's get him out of there. Under his leadership, Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, and others in his administration have completely derailed the supply chain, causing massive inflation. They built that. Their economic policies stifle growth, and the doubling down effect of inflation only amplifies their ineptitude on managing the economy as a whole. Their only answer is to pass massive spending packages, which only increase prices, taxes, and the government debt. This makes sense when you consider that Joe Biden has been on the government payroll his entire life and hasn't met a congressional spending package he didn't like. It is tragic because we need better answers now as our problems only grow. China has started shutting down factories again, locking down more than 30 million people to avoid the spread of COVID. The cascading effects of these shutdowns will spell dire consequences for our supply chain. Biden has left us weak and unprepared. And a few months ago, Congress passed a $1.5 trillion spending package, which included aid to Ukraine, but dropped the $15.6 billion in COVID aid relief to Americans. And this week, the Democrats sent $40 billion to Ukraine while American families don't even have baby formula for their babies to drink. The Democrats resort to reckless, misappropriated spending and fail to tighten the belt at all in the face of a fiscal disaster. And they do it again and again and again, reflexively. What's worse is that at a time of unprecedented government spending, the American people are seeing budget-breaking inflation. While Biden and his White House would like you to believe that this is Putin-inspired inflation, the American people know better, don't we? You ready for this one? Even fake news CNN has been forced to concede that inflation started before Putin invaded Ukraine. And it's not temporary, but it is in fact accelerating. The truly scary thing is that unlike the Trump administration where President Trump and his team sought to solve problems, the Biden administration only cares to message about them. Learn more about how inflation polls and who they can blame rather than promoting solutions, lowering prices, protecting supply lines and getting Americans back to work. President Trump warned us that the policies of the left would unleash an economic disaster of epic proportions. Trump was right. At a rally in Michigan in 2020, when speaking about how he thought Biden would handle COVID and the economy, President Trump predicted that, quote, Biden doesn't have a clue. The cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. 
And the emphasis of the Trump administration after the pandemic reached our shores was mitigation and recovery. The president cut off travel from China, even though it was unpopular. That's a president who leads with strength and resolve to protect the American people. Thank you, President Trump. He leaned on Congress to provide aid to businesses and struggling American families. The president encouraged governors to reopen their economies and disseminated guidance nationwide on testing and effective antibody treatments. Then blubbering bureaucrat Biden happened. The administration squandered our resources, attacked anyone who strayed from their messaging and encouraged governors to keep lockdowns. That is until the polling changed. Overnight, COVID was over for the Biden administration. Conveniently, oh, masks were scrapped before the State of the Union. Suddenly, liberal mayors and governors across our country in unison began lifting lockdowns and easing restrictions. Some even had the audacity to say that it was their idea and that Democrats were the ones trying to reopen public schools and Republicans were standing in the way. More lies and fake news from the Democrats. Some Democrats' shamelessness has no floor. While we're on the topic of shamelessness, how about Joe Biden continuously claiming credit for the vaccines and the vaccine rollout? The way he and his administration brazenly took credit and purposely refused to even acknowledge the existence of President Trump and the good work of his administration did for the public was nothing short of Stalinism. But let's be real. We all know how much the Democrats like to rewrite and propagate history. As in all things Biden, his administration even blundered a fantastic groundwork laid out by the Trump administration. Almost as if they liked What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com. That's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net. To divide people, Biden called the pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's how he quoted it. Blue checks on Twitter, journalists, and liberal politicians began thinking aloud whether unvaccinated individuals should be denied hospital care. It is disgusting. But the Biden administration and their elite friends never pass up an opportunity to let you know how superior they are. This time, they just said the quiet part. We caught it. All right. There was a piece of Kimberly Guilfoyle's speech live and in person. <laughs> when she started going into the uh, the jab, I was like, oh, great. We're not going to go into this, are we? I know, she right? kind of grazed over it. Mm-hmm. It was like a talking point. She did pretty good with the, uh, you know, those two leaning uh, screen things. I kind of oh, like the new, the the new teleprompters. I like the new teleprompters. You can't really see them from any other angle but directly on it, and you know. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you can. I, I was watching your head going between the two, and uh, she did pretty good with that. I mean, I don't blame her for using it, but 
Yeah, uh, I know. Man, no, not at all. I mean, and, and if she yeah. wants to hijack Alex Jones was right, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> Trump was right. That's right. But yeah, good speech, good speech. This is like, you know, the firing obsession, you know, firing obsession. Uh, after this, of course, was Don Jr. He definitely got the crowd going, right? He was very he was pretty animated. funny. He was, he was funny. funny. Yeah, he was cracking a lot of jokes. I wish I had recorded more of Throwing out the tarp. Mm-hmm. So uh, looking at his speaking from a few months ago when he just started getting out at the Save America rallies, mm-hmm. you, he was a lot more relaxed at this one. Not as uh, nervous. You, I could tell with his voice and his mannerisms. It was, you know, way more confident with i guess he's got the uh routine down but that's pretty cool yeah i I enjoyed his speech you know he he seemed a little saturated but i mean other than that you know (laughs) i mean if you you can do it you know (laughs) it was i mean it was a good speech i wish i had um a clip to i mean i do have a clip but i just it didn't upload quick enough um and it's a very it's like three or three or four minutes long you know it's it's not even um a good representation of uh, the entire speech that he, because he was really funny. He was cracking a lot of jokes, like mm-hmm. funny jokes, you know, about Biden, of course, and all that. So, and you know, yeah, he's just you mean he, he was pretty obvious. Was like this, <laughs> yeah. That part was really funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, so, hand, yeah. the phantom handshake. The phantom so. handshake. Yeah, yeah. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. Uh, WC Cranop, hey, what's up, buddy? Thanks for the 1159 gold pills. How you doing? Now finally got some juice for you, brother. Oh, I appreciate that, sir. Glad you made it home safely. And welcome back on into the chat rooms. Apparently, according to the chat rooms, um, Kimberly Guilfoyle was married to Gavin Gruesome Newsome. Did you know that? I didn't what? know that. That's crazy. No way. That's I would, I would. Oh. I would not want to be his sloppy wow. seconds. Uh-uh. Oh, hell no. There's I... no telling what he did to that. There's no telling what he did to that. She was like, it was but... neglected the whole time. He's gay. I mean, no, if he's anything more like American Psycho, you know. Like... But I mean, what a dichotomy leap, right? Like, what a whole different paradigm difference. Like... Uh-huh. Yeah, Jet <laughs> says, I bet she knows a lot about, a lot of really interesting stuff about the Garcetti and Pelosi families and the Brown families mm-hmm. and any other crime families in California. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting how so. they, you know. I bet so. They, uh, so I bet they're pissing themselves that she's, because uh, <laughs> she's hanging with the, the other crowd and, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, great. I hope they don't tell that Christmas story. I know, right? <laughs> Where we buried the body under which Christmas tree. Uh, craziness. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no wow. idea. Well, interesting. So probably safe bet is that uh, none of those five children are between her and yeah. Junior. <laughs> Junior hasn't hit, uh, hasn't struck oil yet with her. Where, wait, where, why is this here? Hold on. Uh, okay, so uh, well, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go. Now she's like 52, right? So Yeah, she is probably... not like 52. No, not at all. But I'm just saying that that she's probably not going to, they're not probably not trying to have kids at that point. That is, that is, that is a very true point, sir. (laughs) A very true point. Yes. Yes. Garden might be dry. Um, So with that said, uh, (laughs) 
I'm trying to fill in for the junior jokes I did not record. So as crass as they might be. Um, with that said, we have uh, we have the president coming on up. Hey, CJM61, what's going on? Bell was pegging away. Maybe I shouldn't have. Hey, you know, did I'm done? Shut up, well, put another junior joke right in there. Okay, all right, another junior joke right in there. Well, I should have read that instead of cold read it. Anyways, okay. So. <laughs> uh. Well, if any of you guys have seen photos of her before, she looks nothing like Melania Trump. <laughs> No, and then all of a sudden, no, it's like Melania Jr. Like exactly, like, like Donald Jr. Melania Jr. What's going on here? Like, uh, hmm. Anyhow, guys. Okay, so that's setting the stage for the future candidacy, like in ten years. Like, no kidding, right? They they took right? the idea of the body clone or the double far too seriously here. They're like Melania. I mean, they're like uh, Kimberly. You got to stand in for Melania on this one. Might have to lose a few pounds, but no, no, no. I mean, seriously, that was the first thing I thought when she came out on stage was, holy, she looks, she's trying to be Melania. And I would love to hear Melania speak anyhow, you know. Right? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Um, anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, so that brings us to the man of the hour, right? President Trump, uh, you know, um, he comes up and, uh, well, he, he flew in from L.A., Right. Got off of, I guess, Marine One is what they say, and uh, came into the audience. Uh, he didn't come to the. He came onto the stage, and um, he did his thing. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any thoughts outright about uh, President Trump's uh, speech? Um, well, I like that he like went into some stories and took times telling, like a whole thing about um, the ships. Yeah, people didn't know how to build boats. Aircraft carriers and stuff. I thought that was pretty fascinating. And he really went into stories without, it wasn't as many of the talking points that you would expect Mm -hmm. um, him to hit. There were some, of course, that we've heard a lot before. Um, The the joke about the weightlifting thing, transgender weightlifting. Yeah. I've seen it about 10 times now. Mm-hmm. I like I like when he does that, but I'm just saying, like you know, there's certain jokes, certain talking points he has, but he really went into a lot of of the stories, and I really like that. I I gotta say, I was I was very pleased to hear more about General Raising Cane. <laughs> that was cool. Oh, yeah. I was that like, was I've heard about Raising Cane before, but I mean, he apparently there was a whole lot more with Raisin Kane. I don't think, I don't, I might have this, I might have it recorded. I'm not sure, but like, so I didn't get his entire speech because I, um, I started recording at the beginning and then I moved up into the walkway to get closer. And at, after some period of time, they, they were like, you have to go see, and you still see the guy. If, if we get that far in the clip, and like, you have to go to your seat. So I stopped recording and then I went back and actually I took a picture with myself and the president. And then, then I went back to my seat. So I don't know if I caught that story, but the general raising cane one was great because we've heard about raising cane. And of course, if you guys remember how the story goes, it's about, um, it's about uh, killing the caliphate or whatever. And he asked general Milley and the other TV generals, how long it's going to take. They're like three years, you know, and it's going to be very expensive. And then when he meets general raising cane he's like well how long is he gonna take he's like three weeks 
<laughs> so it's not going to take three years. He's like, no, three weeks and we'll save you some time. Right. Uh, but um, so that was like, I guess that's like the main part. Right. But then like the other part was whenever they were, he was on the plane and they were landing into Bagram or whatever. And it's in the dark. And he's like, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're calling out the, I guess the amount of feet that they are from the ground or whatever. And he's like 800 feet. It's like, you're already like crashing into the ground and then they make it. And then when they get there and then like, and he's like general raising cane met him there <laughs> after he got off the plane. Yeah. It was just funny. It was like, Oh, yeah, it was like, was, you know, that was a a good story. <laughs> yeah, it was a great story. It was a great, so all the details and like, you know, of course, like with the ships and stuff, that was fun too. We also kind of like, uh, really exhibited uh, President Trump's building a prowess and his knowledge of the entire, like, uh, you know, structure building and stuff like that. And he's like, these people don't know what they're doing. They're putting a, they're putting right. the, 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 they're putting the ammunition right beneath the cell, the right beneath the the tower. The, the and then they have the planes coming and landing right there, like <laughs> they're gonna crash into it, blow up the damn ship. <laughs> and he was talking about how, see, because they were trying to do new and improved. Um, aircraft carriers mm -hmm. they're trying to make them more green and all and you know yeah. woke so instead yeah. of uh uh like the elevators like the the, the lift to bring mm -hmm. the aircraft up to the top is traditionally like steam powered i believe and they made them magnetic for if any you're in the ocean and if any little bit of water yeah. it hits the the lift the magnetic one it just instantly stops working like mm -hmm. and he was just going on about how like insane that wasn't how the the steam was and the steam power of launching the the thing too because yeah. it was electric they they now they're trying to launch the planes mm -hmm. electrically and the same thing uh they won't really they won't work with with water hitting them and stuff so the steam power things that we've used for decades at work <laughs> you know they're trying all these oh we're gonna use magnetism and <laughs> you know and not stuff gonna that's not gonna work yeah so, <laughs> it was cool that he was like going into these stories and talking about strategy and how we made he brought in people from the heads of boeing and the heads of lockheed martin oh. together to negotiate the price for making um Air Force One, I believe, or one of the one of its aircraft and stuff, and yeah. uh, it was just cool, like hearing how it, um, he thought strategically, mm -hmm. like when trying to negotiate a deal, and he related about that with other countries and stuff too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but but as Tam Growl says, well, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> the suspense is killing me. Alrighty, guys, here's here is President <laughs> Donald J. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> too funny, too funny.
Well, uh, something happened. <laughs> there he is. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> we had, um, yes, we had a glitch in the matrix. So just hang tight real quick. Surprise. That was it. Did you see it? I know, right? Did you guys enjoy that? That was a great speech from President Trump. <laughs> Look at there you are by yourself. That was the most okay. <laughs> Right. That was crazy. Okay, that was crazy. Uh, they're like, you can't play this. This is copyright. Uh, okay, hold Probably. on. Are you guys with us? Still? Okay, I'm gonna wait. Okay, can you hear us now, guys? Hopefully, I think they can. Hold on. Hold on. Oh wait, there we go. There we go. Okay, so that is on. Okay. All right. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what happened, but we got booted. Okay. We'll start that again. Okay, and uh, God willing, it will play clearly this time. They're like, the suspense is killing me. Okay, anyways. All right, okay. Here we go, guys. Let's, let's try that again.
am a speech before I speak. I say the father's a stiff. I don't want that kind of a speech. It's too good. against God, he's against oil, he's against guns. And they said it was going to be close. No, it wasn't close. We won that race by a lot. But I'm thrilled to be back in the Lone Star State with thousands of hardworking American patriots who love our country, honor our history, and proudly our great American flag. I want to begin by thanking your terrific leaders here in Texas. They're really leaders. They really are amazing people, friends of mine, but they're warriors. Your governor, Greg Abbott, he's really worked hard. Your lieutenant governor, one of the greatest politicians I know. I've endorsed more people for this man. He tells me, we have a great state senator. We have a great land commissioner who happens to be. We have a great everything. Everything's always so great. And if they ever go against me, I call them up. I say, Dan Patrick, what the hell did you do? <laughs> and you're Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Dan a good man. His son, by the way, did a fantastic job as a We have a wonderful man who I think is one of the best in the country, one of the sharpest, and he's a fighter like no other. He's your Attorney General, Kent Paxton. <laughs> Bring home the bacon, right? Yeah! A friend of mine and a warrior for a long time. He's been doing this for a long time. He's a real professional. He loves your state. Representative John Carter. Beautiful wife. Thank you, John. And your next land commissioner, somebody that's really a star and a, uh, she could be a rocket ship. You watch. Dawn Buckingham. Thank you, Dawn. Future State Senator Pete Flores. Thank you, Pete. Good luck. You're going to do well, as usual, as you always do. And Texas House Member Frederick Frazier. Frederick, thank you very much. Thank you. You're going to do They're all going to do great. And the next Tarrant County District Attorney, Philip Sorrells. Philip, good luck. He's a good man. Tough guy, that's what you need. We need toughness today. All of whom have my complete and total endorsement. So uh, hopefully he can get out there and vote. Let me also give a special shout out to the Travis County GOP and the Texas GOP. Look at this crowd. 
this isn't a rally, you know, this was just a thing. We're coming here. This is a uh, we call it the Freedom Tour. Thanks as well to each and every one of you here today for the unwavering devotion to our movement. There's never been a movement like this in the history of our country. There's never been such a movement. And to our shared American values of faith, family, and freedom. Thank you very much. And you know, we didn't want the press to come, so we kept them out and they went crazy.
gas down to a dollar eighty-seven a gallon. We rebuilt the United States military, two point five trillion dollars, modernized our nuclear forces, and we created something called Space Force. Yeah, I'm so sorry, everybody's got to take a seat, okay? Everybody's got to take a seat. We stood up to Iran, Russia, and China. You tell this to these generals that told you what to do from Washington. Well, sir, it's not our job to do that. It's our job to listen to them and do what they want to do. But did you know they were wrong? Yes, sir. But that's the way it is in the military. You're not supposed to do that, sir. I said, maybe have to start changing that a little bit, General. So you mean they think three years that it would be hard to do, and you say you can do it in three weeks. Yes, sir, you'll have time left over. <laughs> One, the windows were all dark. The pilots are great. You know, they say the greatest pilots are the ones that fly Air Force One and all of the different things having to do with presidential, including the helicopters. But uh, they said, sir, you're going to have to uh, close your windows now and all lights are going off on Air Force One. I said, wow, why? We just spent $2 trillion in this area. We have to turn our lights off before we go in. What the hell kind of a job do we do? <laughs> well, we're going to be landing, sir, in one hour. I said, we got to turn our lights off. I never saw anything like it. This thing, they had it closed. They had every light off. You couldn't see anything. But I went up with the pilots, these pilots, better looking than Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, they were central casting. You, you can put them in a movie right now. You, nobody would believe that from Hollywood. Better looking than Tom Cruise and much stronger. So I'm with the captain and all the people up there. And we're flying, we're flying blind. You couldn't see anything. And I'm saying, Captain, uh, are we close? Yes, sir, we'll be there in five minutes. Where are the runways, Captain? I don't see a runway. We're in the middle of a desert, <laughs> Iraq. And I said, I don't see anything. No problem, sir. Don't worry about it. 1,900, that's steep. You know what 900 feet is when you're on a plane like that? It looks like you're already landing. 800, 700, 600, 500. I said, Captain, are we okay? <laughs> yes, sir. No problem, sir. I need something cool as a cucumber. And I'm sitting there and I say, do I get a Congressional Medal of Honor for this trip? Am I allowed to give myself a Congressional Medal of Honor? <laughs> Being so brave to sit up there and watch us land in the middle of a desert with no runway. And then it goes 400, 300, 200. Boom, we land. You hardly had a light, little tiny lights, because it's like a war zone. After 21 years, it was still a war zone. And we land, I said, Captain, ah, was I brave? <laughs> All right, call, call. Sort of like Brian Williams, right? Remember him? The oh, plane yeah. was shot up. There was shot. Lion Brian, remember that song? Lion Brian, the plane was shot. I didn't Hillary had the same thing. Crooked Hillary, there were bullets all over her helicopter. Turned out to be a false story. Disinformation. They now call it disinformation. It sounds nicer as opposed to lying. Disinformation. No, Hillary did it, and so did Lion Brian. Lion Brian lost his job over it. He went to MSDNC, right? <laughs> I guess he got fired. I, he'll show up someplace. They never, you know, cockroaches, you can never kill. <laughs> <laughs>
the general was a handsome guy, and he introduced me to a drill sergeant. I wish I looked like that. I would have been president 15 years earlier. <laughs> These guys were so good. And then we went into a conference room of this really incredible uh, military fort. It's uh, just incredible the way it was. Just not a lot of big windows, I can tell you. And he told me this, and uh, I said to him, all right, let's go. Let's do it. He said, I'll call you next week. And after three weeks, it was done. We took over the caliphate. We, uh, 100%. Do you remember what I said? It's 98%. Yeah. Remember what I said? It's 98, 97. And I told, uh, I announced it's 97%. We're bringing our great soldiers back home. And the press hit me. She didn't do 100%. I said, let Russia, Iran, Iraq, and the rest of them take care of we want to come home after 21 years. And I brought them all home, but we got it 100%. And General Raisin Kane was unbelievable, I'll tell you. He yeah. Yeah. USA! Great military. Now we have a new military. The equipment was so old, the grandfathers flew some of the planes that the uh, younger guys were flying. We also had tremendous success with therapeutics and Operation Warp Speed, nobody's ever been able to do what we did with Operation Warp Speed, and even the enemy tells us that. Even the radical left lunatics tell us that. I rejected mandates and lockdowns and fought to get our children back into school. Under our leadership, the border was secure, our communities were safe, our country was strong, the world was at peace. And you know, the leaders of the world respected the President of the United States and they respected our country. Like never before. I say like never before. They didn't necessarily like me because I didn't let them take advantage of it. Somebody said, in Germany, the German leaders liked Barack Hussein Obama better. Of course they did. He gave them everything. I gave them nothing. I gave them nothing. Yeah. I said, you gotta pay your bills. You know, all of what you see now with data, that's all because I made them pay their bills. They weren't paying. Out of the 28 countries at the time, 28 countries, 20 were deficient or delinquent. They weren't paying their bills. I said, you got to pay. One of the one of the presidents stood up at a meeting with to all 28. He said, sir, does that mean that if Russia were to attack us, you would not defend us? I said, you mean you haven't paid? That's right, sir. I would not defend you. <laughs> And the next day, billions and billions of dollars came in. Now, if I would have said, oh, no, of course, you know, the politically correct, oh, of course I defend you, you know, we have an obligation. No, they were, def they were totally deficient. I mean, the money, Germany was paying half what they were supposed to pay. But a lot of these countries, they were paying very little, almost nothing. And we were paying, I say, 85, 90% to protect Europe, and then they took advantage of us on trade. And by the way, we have the same thing. So we're paying $40 billion and they're paying almost nothing. Why aren't they paying something in terms of Ukraine? We want to help out. It's a human transfer, but Europe is affecting like nobody. And they're paying a tiny fraction of what we're paying. You know why? Because we don't have a leader that will tell them you got to pay up. It's the only reason. But in just 16 months, Joe Biden and the radical left have turned calm into chaos. 
prosperity into poverty and security into a total catastrophe. The election was rigged, it was stolen, and now our country is paying a very, very big price. Our country in many ways is being destroyed. The Biden disasters are too numerous to count, but inflation is the highest in nearly 50 years. Gas prices have reached the highest price ever in the history of our country, destroying families. You know, when you have gas prices at this, this is like the biggest tax increase ever proposed or enacted times three. That's what it's like. That's how bad the gasoline is affecting families, not to mention your electric costs and everything else. Grocery prices are skyrocketing, and you can't even find baby formula to feed your infant. And yet we're approving in one session $40 billion. You know what? We got to get other people to help us. Can't keep doing this. We are, we are like the stupid people. We're the stupid people. We're led by stupid people. I can tell you that. And all you have to do is ask. You say we're going to give this, but you got to make up the same, at least the same. But you can't give a tiny fraction. You can't do it. Germany was sending them blankets, pillows, and they were sending them nothing. And they're very, you know, right there, right there. That Biden sits and does nothing but approve more and more money. 4.5 million people have dropped out of the labor force. Real wages have declined 13 months. Afghanistan, Biden created the greatest humiliation in American history, in my opinion. That was the most humiliating period of time, day, two days, week. Fortunately for them, the press hardly covered it. They covered it for one day and they just put it away. They didn't want to talk about it because that would hurt them. But soldiers were killed, horrifically wounded. They don't talk about those that lost their arms and their legs, many of them. Hostages were left behind and $85 billion of military equipment was handed over to the Taliban as we take out our military before we took out anything else. It was the dumbest, I heard Don speaking about it, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Putin saw this incredible weakness. You know, when I was in charge, in 18 months, we didn't lose one American soldier. As opposed to last night, which you saw in Milwaukee, and you saw, I guess, a total of 20 different, and just as I'm coming off the stage, I think they had a tragic event in Buffalo, mm. just as I'm coming on the stage, a tragic event in Buffalo with numerous people being killed. In 18 months in Afghanistan, we lost nobody. I spoke with Abdul, he was the leader of mm-hmm. the Taliban, and still is, by the way, and I said, Abdul, don't do it, don't do it. They all criticized me, the fake news. They said, why is he speaking to the Taliban? That's like when they used to say to Jesse James, why are you robbing the banks? He said, because that's where the money is. (laughs) They said, why are you speaking to the Taliban? I said, because I don't want them to kill our soldiers. And I want to tell them if they do, they're going to go through hell. And I said that to them. Don't do it, Abdul. Let's get along. Don't do it. And uh, he said, but uh, your ex 
say, call me your excellency. But your excellency, why? Why, oh why, do you send me a picture of my house? And I was unable to explain that. He said, why do you do that? And I said, you have to ask your people why. But from that conversation, we didn't lose one, think of it, not one American soldier was even shot at. And then we leave, we, we look like we surrendered. We did surrender in a sense. Putin saw this incredible weakness in Afghanistan and the way we did that. And, you know, I'm the one that was pulling out. I got it down to 2,000 soldiers. Would have kept Bagram. Bagram is one of the most expensive bases we've ever built. And it's one hour away from where China makes its nuclear weapons. And we left it. And now China is going to take it over. It's not believable. It makes you so angry. So stupid. And... He decided, when Putin saw this, he decided to go into Ukraine and and something would have never, ever happened if I was in the White House. It didn't happen in four years, remember that? And even the radical left lunatics say it wouldn't have happened if Trump was there. They actually say that pretty loud and clear. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd on Meet the Fake Press. (laughs) He said the other day, he was interviewing somebody and he said... uh, You must have, you almost got fired probably over this question. How come this didn't happen when Trump was president? That was a nice question. I couldn't believe it. And they were unable to answer that question. He was talking to the Secretary of State. Never happened. It was never going to happen either. Putin and I had an understanding. It was never going to happen. Not even a chance. Not even a little chance. And they actually agree, the other side. The Biden administration is a calamity of historic proportions, but no result because together we will restore greatness to our country. We are going to build our country back. We're going to have a great November. We're going to win a lot of seats in the House. Hopefully we'll get to, despite Mitch McConnell, we'll develop the Senate. And you know what we're going to do? couple of years from then, you know, it used to be like, I'd say four years, but I said, you know, look, with all the shenanigans in the election, maybe we'd go faster if we had people that would fight. Maybe we should go faster. We know it, it should go faster. It should go faster. It should go instantaneous. How do you get away with that? And go see 2,000 mules. It's the greatest documentary I've ever seen. It is so impactful. And it's determinative, as they say. You know, they cheat many ways, but you don't have to cheat. All you have to do is look at this one. They have everybody's on tape. Everybody's pinged. You know, they use pinging now with your cell phone. And that's the way they arrested many of the people from January 6th. Pinging. But with us, they'll say, the pinging doesn't work. It's a disgrace. Go see 2,000 mules. One of the greatest travesties of all is to see a person in the White House who's no idea what's really happening, no clue on how to negotiate things and no sense of how to wield American power. I never realized it until I was up when I watched what's happening now, because you could solve many of these problems with a simple phone call to Putin. You don't have to have meetings. A simple phone call to President Xi of China. And that will probably be next, other than, other than when he sees what's going on with Russia, 
we may say, well, maybe we'll take some time out. That's the only thing that's going to stop them right now. We've gone from a deal-maker-in-chief, we were, we made great deals for this country, to really an excuse-maker, blames everybody, blames people that have nothing to do with anything. When I was president, we didn't blame Putin for every problem. We didn't blame anybody. We just got the job done. It was too late to blame people. All right. I wish I had more, yep. but that's what I got. See, so like the same thing, like uh, when he started talking about uh, warp speed, I was mm -hmm. like, all right, what's he going to do? But nope, <clears throat> didn't even mention what warp speed was, just glanced over it, just kept yeah. on rolling. Like, So I, I, I believe it's safe to say that that part of his rhetoric about the jibbity jab is mm -hmm. out of the script at this point. It's adjusted, right? <laughs> it is adjusted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Bob. Well, there you go. I mean, I don't know. I think he learned from Alabama, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All it takes is one massive booing moment. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. Correct. His, the, his script, his uh, script writers were like taking notes seriously on that. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we better put an X day on that one. Yeah, they were like, the computer analysis didn't tell us this would make them feel that way. Uh, abort, abort, abort. <laughs> That's all good, though. It's all good. Um, I mean, at least for me, it is anyways. I mean, it would be a totally different story if he were in office and he were still prolonging the COVID narrative. Right. That would be different than um, him falling back on um, an operation that he utilized. So I, I think wasn't just about, honestly, I don't think it was just about the Jimmy Jab. I think no, it was about... Okay. A possibly a military operation. Yeah, and the whole, but like everything, like everything's in warp speed right now. Like mm -hmm. everything, including the uh, self-destruction of the Democrats and the left. So absolutely, um, yeah. they're forced. The hand being forced quicker mm -hmm. as the days go by, and then uh, being counteracted quicker as well. The narrative. It's hard for them to really dig deep on their narrative at the moment. Like. Every time it's trying to be spun in a certain way, it's like it's detonating. You know, um, have you seen that meme? Uh, I'm sure you have Java, the one that has Obama and um, and uh, Trump. And Obama says he weaponized the FBI, CIA, the the DOJ, and everything. And then Trump says I weaponized the American people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, who knows what what President Trump might have unleashed by doing that? So. Right. I mean, I definitely have seen people more motivated to be involved than to be to, to band together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good example that, you know, and I'm, I'm just glad whenever the speakers really drive home the point about being engaged. Well, like, you know, if we'd seen more of the uh, the Pastor Burns speech, you know, he's like, you need to organize and sacrifice organize but then he kept saying alabama and i was like you know you're in austin right but then he was referring to rosa parks and but anyways anyhow yeah right. so they, exactly because they organized and you know and that's when, when uh dr king jr got involved mm -hmm. um and that and Mon the montgomery um progression board or whatever it was called mm-hmm mm -hmm. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so we had, uh, I mean, it was great. It was a good, good experience. So uh, I wish I had more of that. I have, um, I have him dancing at the end. Dude, I was so stoked that he gave us a little Trump shuffle. Yes, he sure he did. did. A few times, I was like, "Oh yeah, we he got did the, the one-two punch." He did the shuffle, and you know what? What? Did, how did you feel about um, the Austin audiences uh, synchronizing with President Trump's "We Will Make America Great Again"? It was halfway decent, you know. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought we did better than most. <laughs> it wasn't, you know. It wasn't like it was obvious that it wasn't. Uh, written you know posted anywhere that people could read along or anything so mm -hmm. you just gotta you, if you've seen enough of his speeches you just know when it's coming right the question is how many how many uh how many, how many is he gonna put, exactly <laughs> is it gonna put before he gets there right like yeah right so. it used to be longer like i've been saying he's been short shortening the agains it's been mm -hmm. you know more compact yeah all in all good and fun stuff but mm -hmm. um well you know java i don't know like we're already about to hit the three hour mark so i think today will end up just being the american freedom tour recap as it should be um it was a uh, it was a fun time a good experience i hope everyone out there had a fun time uh with our with our well i was kind of fanboying but you know uh. <laughs> well and so so the audience knows um there was a really a lot of people there but um in that section in the video you see this section that was um a bunch of chairs yeah yeah like the five thousand dollar and up seats like yes. those seats were like the you know donate a kidney to sit here seats yeah <laughs> so and there was the there but if you if you would have if it would have panned back you'd have seen the, a lot it of was Packed. you know it was, it was like it was for right like for when we got there to like towards after lunch and there people were still coming in and eventually it went all the way to the back um those those five thousand plus seats are the you have to call to find out the price i guess no one got them because they ended up using it for like uh the senators and and like ken paxton i don't know if you saw him in the video but he was actually sitting up there and it was funny because after the event was over like um <laughs> We went up to the stage to take pictures and stuff like that. And I was like looking to see who was still there. Right. And I was like, I would love to shake Ken Paxton's hand. I would like to take a picture with him. But he was gone by then. And uh, the only one who was out there was Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like uh, someone I was with was like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm looking to see what it is like. Well, there's there's the lieutenant governor. And they're like, go take a picture with him. I was like, I don't want to take a picture with him. I was <laughs> I was like, I don't care if he's the lieutenant governor. I am not a fan of his. And I'm not going to be one of those people that just takes pictures with, you know, people of stature just so I can, like, you, right. think, you know what I mean? Like, no, that's going to come back to home. I don't want to take a picture with Lieutenant Dan Patrick. Thank you very much. Like, See, I, I was thinking about going up up in front like that, but uh, I wanted to see if there was any protesters still outside. So I went outside and was looking around. By the time mm -hmm. I was done, there was nobody out there. No protesters. Happy no. people in the rally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was no uh there was no one to uh to buck the current of good spirits and patriotism for the afternoon. Except that there's some guy driving by in a car yelling stuff at us. Oh, I forgot about him, the Hail Satan dude. He was just driving by like Hail Satan. Like over and over again. I was like, really? I there's just, like I don't get the point out there. 
<laughs> like you missed the window when there was thousands of people pouring out. You're a little late. I know, right? We none of us cared. <laughs> we were like so uh -huh. hurt by the statement. I was just like, you're gonna get into a car wreck. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna be Satan the devil that's gonna do it to you. And he'll probably enjoy it too. Yeah, I yeah, no. <laughs> I was I was expecting, you know, riots, but nah, nah, it was nothing out there. It would have been, it would have been, it, it would have been, well, I shouldn't say fun, but it would have been eventful to at least have had something else to film, you know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I wanted to see what was going to happen, but. And even those Antifa Mohawk guys on the bikes, they didn't really offer much by way of, uh... it sounds like we were looking for a fight, doesn't it, John? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> if it bleeds, it leads, right? No, just kidding. <laughs> I was just saying, because Austin is a very blue type zone you know and so i had expected something but yeah, i was just curious but there luckily it was just peaceful the entire yeah day. they're like biden's in office so we don't gotta do anything <laughs> plus they're not paying us so and it was like what it starts at 7 15 i'm not going there that early that's far too early <laughs> yeah they're just going to bed probably like not too much earlier than that, but uh, well, I have to wait for my horn blocker, hormone blockers to settle in. No kidding, right? <laughs> I can't go out in the sunlight. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. It doesn't mix with my meds. Yeah, yeah, no direct light, no direct sunlight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Pretty much. I don't know about those people. Anyways, well, I'm glad that they uh, stuck to their little rally over there at the Capitol. I'm glad that they, uh, they. I guess some of them made it to the parade around the building, but um, we may never know, Java. <laughs> We may never uh, know. <laughs> we were listening to stock quotes or whatever when they were out there. So yeah, no kidding, right? Huh. I'm a huh. Anyways, I don't know. There's not even a point in drawing any type of uh conclusion or you know singularity towards that point. But anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, we've done it again. We've reached <laughs> the conclusion of a fantabulous C report. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me on Saturday. I just <laughs> <laughs> A great time it was a great time and thanks for joining me for this recap on um uh, tonight's show java i mean i couldn't do it without you buddy because you were there and i you know i got to meet java in the flesh he is real yep. ladies and gentlemen he's real human i think yeah and java can attest that i am not an android sitting here with like you know machine parts moving below my waist right no no yeah, I'm probably just as odd in person as I am on the air. So I mean, so. <laughs> it was all good. That's how you genuine, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, Mr. Java, we're going to sign out for tonight. I guess tomorrow we'll go over the uh, 2000 mules and also uh, some rhinoness, but who knows what's going to happen by tomorrow. Honestly, we could change the entire, plus we'll probably do some Durham stuff since this, you know, the Sussman trial was today. Uh, I'm sure all of you guys already know all about it, but we'll recap it for the audience either way. Um, any, anything on your end, Java? Uh, I just released a new episode of my podcast the other day. Um, four minutes and 20 seconds is the podcast. Some comedy, some random, random things that just kind of chill out for a moment. So yeah, check it out. Awesome. I will definitely go check out that tonight. 
because if there's anything I got, it's four minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> this one I did this whole uh, like Wild West sketch with characters, sound effects, a lot of stuff. Cool. So. Sounds like a fun time. You guys go check it out. You're on all like uh, most, if not all major platforms, right? Spotify and yep. all, you know, yep. all the ones that track you, right? Yeah, all those. Yeah, they tried to get me on that. They were all, oh, well, you use you use uh, websites that track people. I'm like, well, yeah, you know what? Like, um, uh, clear your browser history, get your cookies. Uh, what can we do about it, right? You know, like, anyways, like, I don't know. And that's not even, I don't know why I'm going there, Java. It's <laughs> late. It's late. And uh, it's time to uh, have a cigarette or something. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that said, we will uh, see you guys on what they call the side that is flipped. But I thank you all for joining us tonight on this recap of the American Freedom Tour. Uh, they have another stop in Memphis. I, I heard tell about some other areas like possibly Alabama, possibly Florida, but I'm not too sure about that, to be honest with you, because it's not, yeah, it's not Texas. So I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I mean, when, when I first... Uh was looking on there to buy a ticket they'd only had two events listed mm -hmm. and so that's that's great to hear that they're adding more onto it yep 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 and that would that's uh that'll be a momentous event i'm sure we didn't get candace owens but it's okay yeah <laughs> that would have been not, awesome yeah she's not she it would have been awesome but she i don't know anyways it doesn't matter okay we got to go guys so We'll see you guys um, next time. Uh, and uh, till then, ladies and gentlemen, as always, be safe, be blessed. God bless America. We'll see you soon. Peace. Peace. I said, there's no way, there's no way I can make it down that ramp without falling on my ass. There's no There's no way, there's no way I can make it down that ramp Without falling on my ass Inch by inch I took these little steps But I was ten feet short I ran down the left I ran probably 10 yards long. Now this question is on uh, COVID. I think you're gonna have a big surprise, a beautiful surprise, sooner than anybody would think. Uh, but the answer is... that said linda hi linda i have a question for you what do you think is your greatest accomplishment in your eyes 
Are you telling the American people that two large steps constitutes a run? Perfect person. Well, the show must go on. So let us ladle up some of our chowder noodles. <laughs>